Hello and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, the number four rated film podcast in all of Uganda. Uh, <laughs> last thank- week. <laughs> last week. That'll do me. Look, I'll take the small wins. Um, thank you, Uganda. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was lovely. Just to go off topic before we even start today, listeners, Mark emailed me yesterday. Let me know that we charted number four in Uganda. And for me, that was just a real kind of throwback to the nice nostalgic pleasant times of the internet in the mid 90s when i first joined where it was like my first reaction was fucking hell people listen to us in uganda of course they do because it's the fucking internet but i don't think like that i'm just concerned what's going on in my little corner of the globe and i'm like oh fuck yeah of course we're reaching uganda so that was it just threw me back to that time when the internet wasn't full of opinionated assholes having said that here we go, diving in on <laughs> Killer Sofa. Uh, I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. Uh, and yeah, this episode, if you don't know what we do on this show by now, then you just go and listen to some of our earlier ones first. Yeah, take because, a leaf out of Uganda's book. Yeah, because believe me, this one's going to be a doozy. Um, this <laughs> right, is the before sh- we start on this one, right, I... I went into this not knowing anything about it, as we tend to do. I watched it yesterday. Um, if I'd watched it last week, it would have been free on Prime. This week, I had to pay three pound fifty for the privilege. So, fuck you, Amazon. Lose, you lose, dude. I know. I, mean... I, I don't do shit early. You know that. Um, so yeah, so I ended up paying for it. Um, one thing I did notice, um, and for anything we have to say about the film, the cast is also the crew is also the every fucking thing else. So hats off to them for that. No, um, I didn't. I mean, do... we've done we've done that. We've been yeah. there and fucking salute them for that. I didn't do any research about this film whatsoever. The only reason we are looking at this film is because we happen to be just kicking around on Amazon Prime looking for stuff to add to our list. Um, and actually, this has been re- um, recommended to me before as well by after <coughs> watching some of the previous stuff that we've watched. And we're kicking around and it popped up again. I was like, that sounds perfect for the show. We have to do it. So other than that, I didn't watch a trailer. I've done no research. I just went with, look, there's a film called Killer Sofa. And, <laughs> you know, that yeah. just seems perfect for this yeah. podcast. Where, you know, as I say, if you haven't listened to us before, this is the podcast where we just basically find the best of the worst films and compare them to the original Mario Brothers uh, film, see if they're better or worse. So this seemed like a shoe-in. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me that the cast were also the crew. Um, and actually, you know, I've, I've actually got quite a lot of good things to say about mm. this film, if I'm honest. I, I do have some pretty large issues with it um <laughs> but i also i did i did find myself really enjoying this uh, but we do you know we do have to bear in mind as we say many many times on these shows you know making films is fucking hard mm. and in watching this i did kind of definitely get that indie vibe as you say we've been there done that ourselves and it did feel like that it did feel like yeah. it was an all hands to the pumps production yeah um you could clearly see that some of the sets have literally just been put up on the day yeah. like there are there are, I'll, I'll point them out as we go through, but there are sets here which are literally just pieces of chipboard nailed onto a timber frame. Well, I mean, I, and, I don't normally watch the credits um, when we do this show, mainly because by the time we get to the end of the film, I've lost the will to live. Um, <laughs> but I I did, I sat through this, I, I was wondering if it was that, that level of indie job whereby the cast was the crew and all the rest of it. And the, um, the main bearded dude, the old guy, um, he wrote, directed and produced it as well. Um, oh wow! Okay. Um, so the um, just as well because he's a shit actor. He's a shit actor. <laughs> the um, 
the 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 leading lady also did i think she was also the producer um i said there was there's loads of stuff like that all the way through it let's know if you watch the credits the credits are only three minutes and it's the same dozen names all the way through um so i mean that that i did appreciate that i mean fair play to that that was that was good that was appreciated um but also in the credits one thing i did spot is that it was all filmed on location at a theater okay so so they've just they've just got a theater space and gone right we'll just whip up as many sets as we can um, you can see that you can see that and i don't mean that as a knock but you, no you know it's it's, it's um, i mean it's it's one of those for the most part you you can you think right they can get away with that like the, the um departments look different or the, the homes all look different enough that it doesn't matter it's the same bit of chipboard just the other side of it and they've turned it around and you know, used, used a couple of flats and things like that that no that, that it doesn't show it that it doesn't it doesn't show up and go right okay this is fucking amateur hour and we've got 50 quid in the pocket well let's go make a feature no because no, nobody does that not at all. I was actually expecting this to look far worse than it did. I was expecting the performances to be far worse than they were. Mm. Um, it's just the old guy for me. Um, I, there I there, were, a couple, of, there were a couple of line deliveries. Uh, um, I haven't written which lines they were, but there were a couple of line deliveries from the two lead girls um, and from one of her suitors. Is it Ralph? I don't, you know, I've made um, loads of notes, but one thing I haven't actually done because I didn't do any research, which is unusual for me, um, is I haven't logged down the cast, crew, or character names. Um, and and the reason for that, I, I will be frank, the reason for that is because I was actually really engrossed in this and re- <laughs> really enjoyed it for the eighty odd minutes and yeah, changed. Yeah, I mean, is. yeah, we'll, so, we'll come into that now. I think it was, the, I think it was the guy played Ralph, who was the what? He's the one who. Um, planted the spy cams in her apartment and met his grizzly demise. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, I'm sure he was right. But yeah, there's there's a line that he gives, and you're like, ooh, fuck, that's straight out of uh, drama school. Yeah, I mean, there is there's, say, there's a bit know, of that going on, and you, this, the rabbi not... especially is is very much like that. But look, the, the performances are are functional. Even the bad ones, they're I think, are and they're consistent. Functional. I think that's that's probably the best thing is that they are yeah. consistent across the board. Yeah, I mean, as you say, there are a few there are a few line deliveries in there, and actually, you know, there are a few absolute clankers of lines in the script as well but by yes. and large there's nothing like we're not talking battlefield earth here you know there, no and, and this would have been made on like you no know, four beans and a, and a yeah, tin of beer but I, and but but there's nothing that's horrendously horrendously bad it's all passable yeah. and and actually you know we'll, we'll talk about the film we'll go through the film as we always do but actually were it not for some very poor story decisions in the third act yeah. Um, I would probably find myself recommending this film to people. I enjoyed <laughs> it that much. I've got to be honest. I, I sat here, so I watched it last night. I sat here. Um, kids were in bed. Tori was watching something else. So I sat here in, in the office with the lights off, with my headphones on. And the sound mix is pretty poor when you've got it in surround sound and cranked right up, which, doesn't again, doesn't surprise me given the type of film it is. Uh, yeah, that's budgetary. I mean, um, I mean, you know, it's, again, it's consistent. that you know, it, It's mixed... The, 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 some of the levels at the beginning are a bit iffy, but they, they kind of find their groove with the edit as well, and it, you know, they they really get into it, and it, it does start to, to pick up as well. So that was good. But yeah, I was I was the same. I was sat here for eighty minutes, and I I got to sort of the sixty-ish minute mark. And I thought, okay, this isn't going too badly, and then Act Three happens. Yeah, uh, I was exactly the same um, to the point where it's not so much of this uh, isn't going too badly. I was actually really enjoying it. And, you know, yeah, some of the performances are not great. Some of the dialogue's a bit cheesy. Yeah. You know, but it's called Killer Sofa. Like, look, I, I yeah. fully know 
what I am letting yeah. myself in for. Now, and moreover, that... it is indie as well. Yeah. So I mean, that said, that was my main problem with the entire thing. It's not a fucking sofa. It's a chair. No, it's a killer <laughs> chair doesn't sound as good, well, nor does orig- killer recliner. Yeah. Originally, so. it was supposed to be called um, something like my, my, uh, my dead lover, my lazy boy or something like that. Um, but they didn't want to be sued, so they changed the name. Well, I mean that that's smart, but it's also a mouthful of a title. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and titles, you know, for, for titles are a bitch. The, titles are a bitch, and also just peek behind the curtain, industry-wise. Um, one of the things we learned very quickly uh, during the process of trying to sell our film is that titles are more important than that. It doesn't matter how good the fucking film is. Yeah. People are concerned about how long your title is, what letter it starts with, and how snappy it is. Yeah. That, unfortunately, is the, is the business of film. Yeah. Um, so a, a title that long, no, no chance. Whereas well, I mean, it's, Sofa, it's not even, away, it's not catchy like Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, is it? You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. Killer Sofa, I mean, look, it worked on me. I saw the title, I was like, I'm well, watching yeah. that. Killer well, that, Sofa, that's, that's I, it. I mean job done straight away i mean the the, the um again on the the production notes here the uh, the main character being the chair cost the production team 100 new zealand dollars which i think is like down 40 pence or something i mean that's that's impressive because actually one of the i think one of the great triumphs of this film is that chair yeah like it, it's fucking superb it, it's like to take to take an inanimate object like that and to breathe that much life into it through the application of two strategically placed buttons and yeah. a crease. Yeah. I, I, and and then just the way you're shooting it and moving it about like that, it really feels like that chair is alive. Yeah. They they do a phenomenal job of that. And it's it's every bit as ridiculous as, oh, as yeah, you would expect it to be, you know, which, which they they don't shy away from. And no, that, they, that's they know the what this film is. This as well. Yeah, they absolutely well. They do and they don't. In, they in places. They, yeah, mean... it, it does have a confused tone, um, which as we get to, to Act 3 at the end, that, that's the big problem with it. But definitely whenever the sofa's just being a fucking murderous piece of furniture yeah. uh, and they're trying to shoot it in a sinister light, like they do it amazingly well. They fully they, they commit to it. I mean, I, I've got, I, I made, I've made notes this week, which never happens. And I've lost my post-its. And I um, didn't. We're in bizarro land. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I, um, I made some notes going through. And one of the things I did spot is that very early on, when, the first time you see the chair, it's very much set up that you can see its face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. As I said, strategically placed buttons, the crease, and you're just expecting that mouth to move. And I think part of the, the joy of it is, is that for the majority of the film, it, you see it. You see it physically moving. You see it being altered in location. You don't see the chair doing anything other than other than being moved. No, and that's, so you know, I mean, the temptation would have been to make the fucking crease Audrey too and have it speaking and all the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, the fact that they don't. It, that was a very clever decision. Obviously, there's this budgetary decisions there as well. Yeah, um, and there's an alleged plot reason for it as well. There is an alleged plot reason for it as well. But you know, moreover, it. <laughs> It does what good horror should do, which is encourage you to fill the gaps in, you know, and there were there were moments where I was going like, hang on, how the fuck does the chair get? But then, you know, the the primary hurdle to get over with that is, you know, how does the chair actually move of its own accord? But then there will be shots later on where you see it kind of stood upright. It's almost like a fucking transformer. But you yeah. don't ever need to see it do that. They just they show it in that position, and you go, ah, right, okay, fine. Yeah. And, and that's it. The, the way they sh- the way they shoot it, because you you don't see it move, oh, probably till about two thirds of the way through. Yeah. Every time you every time it moves before that, it's it's a cutaway. It's like uh, they did it in Doctor Who. They had these um gargoyle type th- uh, things called weeping angels, 
and they could only move when you weren't looking at them. Right. So you'd blink and it would move. And you turn your head and it would move again. And it would be getting closer and closer and closer. Every time you cut back to it, it's not moving again, but it's closer. And it's in a slightly more menacing uh, pose. And that's exactly what they did here, is that you looked at it and it was still. Then you cut away and you go back to it a second later and it's moved, it's closer. Now, how the, I mean, the fucking gay boyfriend, how he didn't notice it moved. That was a bit yeah. fucking, no, that was a bit much, but. There, there are some massive, uh, there are some massive logic gaps. There is a lot of suspension of disbelief required, it, but again. It's a, it's a possessed chair. Of course yeah. there's fucking logic gaps. Again, the film is called Killer Sofa. Like, I'll go with that. As long as the story hangs together, hmm. character motivation and things like that. Look, as long as you get me to where the story needs to be, when you call hmm. Killer Sofa, I'm going to go along for the ride. My problem, which we'll discuss when we get to the end, is I don't think they got me to where the story needed to be. Or actually, they almost did. Um, and then they screwed the pooch. But anyway, um, yeah. so I, mean, I, I haven't think played... Before we move into it, I think the biggest, I mean, you, you alluded to it, the biggest problem we had is story-wise, I think they didn't quite understand what story they were telling. There were too many moving parts. It's exactly that. Um, there were too many bits they tried to fill in. And, no, they're only 81 minutes, I think it is. So yeah. when you take credits off that, that's no, that's 75-ish minutes. It's a decent length for what it is. Um, you know, any longer, I think they just struggle to, to sustain any pace with it. And I think it moved along relatively well. But once they introduced, you know, they, and they they introduced some of it quite early. The stuff with the mystic and you know the the various you know, demonic bits, and they had like it was like a YouTube blog about you know, a yeah, guy yeah, yeah. talking about demons and shit like that. That all it worked okay, but it didn't really go anywhere. They didn't need any of that. They but I think I think a lot of it was filler. I think a lot of it was to get it over that hour mark. Yeah, they absolutely didn't need any of that. All of that to me felt like it had been half-assed as well it yeah. felt like they didn't actually understand the rules of their own logic and yeah. they were kind of making up as they go along like the research hadn't and the work hadn't gone into that um and when that becomes so important at the end then yeah that caused me some problems but before we even get to that becoming important i think there was a much better story that mm. they kind of half went with and like I say it's almost like they did an original cut and went Ah, oh, but hang on a minute. That's only about sixty minutes yeah, long. Yeah, we need what to flesh this out a bit. What are we going to do? And it's unfortunate because actually, I'd have rather watched a sixty-minute cut. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. I don't know why, because if you listen to this, you're bound to have seen the film. But we like to go through it in narrative yeah, order, okay, so yeah. we'll get to it when we get to it. But I feel like I would have rather watched a sixty-minute film that ended at the first natural end point of the film and would have actually then had something to say. And I think being more menacing and certainly more of a horror film well i mean not um, only that it, up until that point it was rife for a sequel as well it absolutely was yeah it absolutely was so yeah I, I i do think they dropped the ball in a few places um overall though i do like it but anyway i, I haven't made loads of notes this week as i said i've, I've got one or two to help us yeah. get through the narrative of i'm it, just but trying to work out where i've put my i've not idea. done not my usual it. kind of in-depth research because i i genuinely was enjoying the fuck well, out of mine. I've, I've got eight post-it notes Wow. Okay. Which is um, high praise for me. Which it, it translates. I, I I wrote them out earlier just to make sense well, of them. And I've there's got, like forty-five points. Well, I've got two and a half pages, which is next to nothing for me. So yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, to get started, then the very first thing I wrote straight under the title "Killer Sofa" is that, like, look, you're gonna call your film "Killer Sofa," and the picture on the cover is of "Killer Sofa" as well. Like, I am yours to lose. Yeah. Like you, you were starting right there. You were starting ten out of ten up here with me. So, like, it's not about what you could do well. It's about every time you do something wrong, I'm knocking you down off. Off because yeah. I'm already in. Like, killer sofa, you've got me. I'm all yeah. over this. Um, 
So, yeah, and the first first time we see the sofa, then we're in this kind of a cult ritual in a garage. Yeah. You you get all of these kind of crash shots. This this opening is not done very well at all. This is some of the worst shots that put me off. Yeah, me too. We we were talking via message last night, and I sort of pointed out the fact it wasn't free anymore, which, you know, more for me. Yeah. But I think the last one I sent you before it started was this is weird already. And this was the bit I was on where they're in. It's, no, so again, they've they've done they've made this set. They've lit it. You no, know, it, it's it's nice and dim. It's nice. No, it's nice and dank. They got they got the plastic up on the walls. They've got the pictures. We get splattered in blood. It's really atmospheric, but it just doesn't look very good. And it doesn't. No. Re, it's not really clear what's going on. No, it's not clear what's going on at all. Um, and even if you don't know where it's going, you still need to understand what it is. And I think yes, that was the first I problem. It, I agree. We, we I, I think there was a fine line to be to be trod here where. Mm. There is a version of this story where this is very important. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I'm i fine with having it. You know, obviously, you don't want to show your hand too early, but we do at least have to understand what is happening. And yeah. that's not explained at all, um, nor, nor is it communicated particularly well, because there's just a lot. Or basically, all you get from this is there's some occult shit and a sofa. Now, yeah. having said that. From the first time we see the sofa, this very first shot, he looks pissed off, and I am all in already. Yeah. Like the sofa looks amazing from the word go. I, I think the lighting on it helps, but because it's so dark and there's like you, you can just make out a little glint in the eyes, and you can make yeah. out the crease where the mouth is. Like, I mean, it's it, great. It, yeah, it really it's, is it's good. Great. But again, for a, for a low budget indie film, and when you say what they spent on this prop as well, like. If you're going to call it killer sofa, if you're going to spend your money anywhere, you need to spend it on the sofa. We talked about that with um, with Jack Frost and how the money yeah. needed to go on the snowman and stuff like the money needs to be spent on the sofa. And like I, I don't know how much they needed to spend, but it's there on screen. They did what they needed to do. Like mm. front and center, the sofa is the star of the show and yeah. they know that, you know, and, and then after this occult stuff, the next time we see him, the sofa's being delivered and it's all chained up. And it's well, I mean, kind of... I mean, yeah, so you get this bit where they, they go into the, so you get people turn up to the storage unit to collect it, yeah. and they're struggling to move That's it because right, it's so yeah. big. The chair bites the girl. That was really funny as well. And where it, the your hands get Spraying. caught in the mechanism. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah re- works really well. That was really good. And then, yeah, so you, you get that. And then, yeah, you see them, you know, they, they cart this, this chair off, and then it's on the back of a wagon. Yeah, and, and, it, and it just looks like a giant pissed off Muppet. Yeah. And I'm all for that because we haven't, we clearly haven't gone for some sort of digital effect or anything like that. This is a physical thing and the effort has got, there's so much character in it because it's a physical chair that they've attached a face to. Yes. And they've, they've thought about how they're going to make that face look natural, like it belongs to the chair, but it's still slightly menacing. Yeah. And when we come to the bit with Ralph later on, there's some really good character work they do with the chair. Despite oh, the fact the chair doesn't do stuff. any fucking thing. Yeah, excellent. The chair is definitely a character in its own yeah. right. And that is the absolute triumph of this film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the chair gets delivered. There's some apps, again, what feels like filler, because the chair first goes to the wrong place and the rabbi has to say, oh, no, no, that's not my chair. Huh? What? Yeah. What? what how? Right. Yeah. How does that happen? And then, moreover, when we then smash cut to the next scene and the chair is miraculously in the right place, how did it get there? Because nobody told him where to put the chair and it looks like the same fucking building. Well, this, so, is, the thing. this is what I didn't. There, it seems to be they kind of talked around it with um, the boyfriend because he lives a couple of he, he lives a couple of doors down. I get that. That was fine. They wrote around that. But the the note which said deliver to Francesca had her fucking address on it. 
So unless it's the, a different building, which it can't have been because Francesca's Fred Maxi used to drive there, so it can't be the same fucking building, then how did they end up at the rabbi's house and then end up at the right place? Now, that's a huge huge set of coincidences. Yeah. But even more so, we ha- we do this jump cut to the next to the next scene where it's at the right place and the rabbi's still there as he yeah. followed them why why why, why would you have gone with it he just doesn't belong does he this no. is the thing he doesn't I, belong and it feels like he's been shoehorned in yeah which you again know? you can't really say because he wrote the fucking thing it's, yeah i i think it's, it's they've gone right we need this character in as many shots as we can i think what what you have is that actually later on the rabbi becomes joe exposition yeah but it appears that that's been moved very early into the story and bulked up. Yes. Uh, and I, I know for a fact, I haven't gone through my notes yet, but I remember writing down that actually there was a natural place to put that at sort of mid-act two. Yeah. But it comes much earlier and it feels like they're trying to front load all this information because they've just all of a sudden shoehorned this extra character and he just doesn't feel like he belongs. We don't need him at all. No. Um, and I think the reason they've done it is, they, again, I think it's to flesh it out because they've gone, oh, right, we need expositions, so we need this stuff with the YouTube vlogger and talk about the demons and all this sort of shit, but we need a conduit for that. We need a way into that, but I don't want to rewrite what I've already done. Yeah. So rather than change things, I'm just going to shoehorn this in and make this character far more important than they were and give them far more to do. Yeah, and, and you know, actually, part of the problem then is when they try and shoehorn that in. Um, we did say there were, there were two potentially different stories here, and actually all of the demonic stuff is not needed whatsoever. No. Um, this is, and, and you know, even if you go down the line of it being a demonically possessed sofa, okay, mm. even if you go down that line, narratively, it's far more interesting for us as an audience to know that because it's called Killer Sofa and they shoot yeah. the sofa in such a way that we know the sofa's doing it. But it's far more interesting for everybody in the world to not know that. And a killer sofa is ridiculous. So yeah. why would they think that's a thing? And then especially when you bring in characters like Inspector Gravy, great fucking name. Um, As opposed you, to Inspector Grape. Yeah. When, you, when you've got a fucking, yeah, I know, Grape and Gravy, brilliant names. Um, I, I mean it. Like, I fucking hate doing names. And this is clearly somebody sat in a kitchen going, what can I call him? What can I call him? What can I call him? It's either Bisto or Gravy because that's what I've got in front of me. Yeah. So he's but, and if, if you, but if, if, you go, if you're going to do that, if you're going to be that fucking tactless about it, go down the road of going with a pair and go for Grape and Grain. You know, just give it something that yeah, well, something yeah, that people will, will bounce I like off. it. I like Grape and Gravy. I like Um but yeah, you know, when you've got detectives on the scene like that, there is a much more interesting film hmm. when they are then trying to piece these murders together, particularly then when it presents our lead as the main suspect. And I say several times later on, how is she not the main suspect? Like <laughs> she connects all of these people together. Well, and I mean, we've got detectives being sympathetic to her. Well, not only <laughs> that, there's, there's a point. And I um I won't give away when it is, but there's a point where somebody dies, somebody very close to her dies, and they text her and say, "Can you come to the station?" Yes. Yeah. No, you fucking arrest her. Yeah, I know. You pick I... her up in a squad car. Yeah, you don't text she... her because they text her, but then they rang Maxi to ask if she'd come down. I know, and she's clearly the prime suspect. Yeah, she's clearly guilty as <laughs> all hell. It's unfucking believable. But anyway. I think that's a much more interesting version of the film. Whether you want the demonic stuff or not, it's much more interesting if we don't get the exposition about what a Dibbuck is and what the sofa is until much later on, when Gravy's eliminated every natural possible suspect. Not only that, I mean, they've they've given Gravy this backstory. His wife's left him taking the kids. He's getting a divorce. He's drinking, all this sort of stuff. Make him fucking crazy. Make it that he knows it's the sofa. 
but yeah. nobody believes him. He, no, how many times have we seen that before? You, you, they have, he has to go out of his way to prove something that's blatantly obvious, but nobody wants to hear. Yeah, make him sound crazy. Make it no. Make it that you know his career's on the line because everyone's fed up with his shit. Yeah, because they think he's a crazy old drunk, and so yeah, yeah. it's it's much. It's a much more interesting story. You know, there's actually there is a version of this film, and I don't know whether it was ever intended to be this or not. I suspect it was because I don't think you you write something as heavily connoted as as this without knowing you're doing it but there is a version of this film as well which is very male gazy purposely yes. so yeah. there's a version of this film which has a lot to say about the male gaze and there's a version yeah. of this film which demonizes the patriarchy quite heavily um and that is still in there but it gets lost then amongst all of so this much. demonic stuff yeah um and, and i feel like it started off as a much again a much tighter concept and there was a group of people, particularly if cast and crew were the same, there was a group of people that had a really tight concept. And then all of a sudden, it just expanded and expanded and expanded. It got bigger and bigger and bigger because yeah. they could. And they kind of maybe lost touch. It, it, there's no singular voice in this anymore. There's no singular vision that says, actually, we were saying something about yeah. <laughs> about you know the state of our culture at the moment and our attitudes towards women. And because that is that is all in there. And yeah, definitely. You know, Horror, especially, is a phenomenal genre to be doing things like that. You know, yeah. really good horror almost always has something to say if you look for it, because it allows you to demonize the patriarchy, for yeah. instance, quite literally demonize the patriarchy and go to places with it that you can't in a drama or yeah. a comedy because you can do horrific things and yeah. paint them under the guise of, ah, but it's a demon. Yeah. So it, and, you and, can and literally thing, do I mean, that. And we, with the first time we meet Francesca, she's dancing where we've got the really awful singer who's also somebody else in the crew. And, and But again, so the, the guy like wrote... The band. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I really like the band. Yeah, um, yeah not really my stick. right up my street. Yeah, it wasn't so really I'm my all, stick. But all uh, no, over it. It was again. It was a bit right. The theme tune sings, uh, sing the theme tune. But um, yeah. the first time we see her, she's dancing in this room on her own. Um, the Maxie's there watching her. The band is singing, and the spotlight's just on her. That's something again that ties into this thing of you no, know, she's she's constantly under, you no, know, she's constantly being watched. She's the center of yeah. attention, all this sort of stuff. And then we get the conversation. So the so Gravy and Grape are there, and they're talking to her about Federico, yeah. who's the guy who. Um, uh, Whose uh, feet were found? The dog was playing with them. That we saw that being uh, being uh, hacked up in the beginning. And there's a very a very telling thing in there where they, she's talking about. I don't know what it is. I no, I seem to have this effect on men. They be, you know they become devoted and a friend says so they're obsessed with others. You know, all that. Going down the lines, look, it's not healthy. It's not right. No, they're, they're not yeah. devoted. They're stalking you. Yeah. So there's a there's a really nice comment there. And then we even get gravy trying to normalize when when they talk they're talking about. She's asking, oh, they're asking if they, if any of them were ever violent with her, and they almost no, it's almost like he's trying to normalize it, and then she's sort of said, oh well, these things happen now when you're in bed and stuff, and in throws of passion, all this sort of stuff, and it's almost like they say that this is what women do; they tend to sort of blame themselves. There's this, this very obvious victim blaming thing. And yes, it's a really, it's a really good, there's a really powerful comment on that, and it's mm -hmm. done in it's 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 done in such a subtle way as well. You know, it's it's a case of. Well, yeah, that's just what happens, and it's this, it's this whole whether it's an element of gaslighting or whether, no, whether whatever it is, but it's just like, well, yeah, that's just kind of what happens. I'm used to being punched in the face and um, slapped and it's all this stuff, which there. is it's just completely normalized. Yeah, it, it's no, definitely it's really powerful. Yeah, it, it is. It is. There is there is a lot to be said here, and and yeah, through that thing of the 
you know, as, as we we later learn that, you know, the, the debuck means that actually people are going to be attracted to her and it is like a supernatural force and, and what have you. Um, and again, you you can do that in horror then. You can say, yeah. well, actually, you know, it's it's not acceptable to go, it's my fault and and, and everything. You know, these, mm. these men are, you know, not in control of their actions because actually... Yeah, it was a demon you know, that was it, luring yeah. them and... Yeah, but you could you could make that comment um, in, yeah. in the interim, you know, and it, they do go to quite again. It, it appears to me now the likelihood of this is actually there's been a practical decision that everybody's just wearing what they've got, yeah. right? But it appears to me like they're very careful with her wardrobe as well, hmm. you know. I, and I couldn't help but look for this because I, I picked up on that same as you did in the in the first scene. You know, it is watching her dance does almost feel voyeuristic the way they shoot yeah. her in there. She's got this very flowing, clingy dress that you can practically yeah. see through and it feels very voyeuristic. But then and again, it's very, it's a vivid, vivid red as well. So again, yeah. it's, it's instantly attract, attracts yeah. attention because she's very dark. She's got that, that, no, this of the very dark hair and this of the dark complexion. It, it stands out straight away. You are, you are immediately drawn to her shoulders and the shape of her chest and the shape of her hips. So it's again, it's, it's all very well done. It is, but then they go to great lengths then, throughout the majority of her day-to-day -day life within the film then, to dress her, and I wouldn't say conservatively, but in a relatively, um, I would say, kind of casual manner then. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 again, it's that's, it's, you know, I'd say it's probably a case of, you know, to, you, know you need to wear this sort of thing. We're not going to tell you what it is because we don't know what you've got, but you no, know, we haven't got a wardrobe budget. But yeah, it's it's almost I say it's, it's even more so than casual. It's 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 comfortable. So just wear what yes. you would wear during yeah, the day. Exactly. And, you're not so, dressing up for anybody. You're not seeing no. anybody. You're not going anywhere. Put your fucking trackies and your t-shirt on. What and whatever. Exactly. And so yes, they are tight. And yes, some of the shorts are short. Um, but again, it removes that argument of ah well, look at the way she was dressed. Hmm. You know, and and it almost feels again like like. They're purposely challenging us on that yeah. almost. It's like it, it's not acceptable for men to just stalk her because, I mean, this isn't acceptable anyway. Please don't misquote <laughs> me on this, listeners. But it's not acceptable to say, oh, yeah, but she had a tiny skirt on and her tits were hanging out because they aren't. Hmm. So there's no open invitation for any of this male attention that she doesn't want. Yeah. You know, and um, it's unfortunate that we go to the place where the boyfriend's clearly a closeted homosexual and that's why he isn't affected by her. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. I, I feel yeah, like all the good you did with on the one hand, you've undone the, on the, the other. Problem, is... The problem I had with it, other than the fact that, yeah, he's clearly homosexual and, and clearly everyone's in denial. He, but the two of them are in denial. Yeah. But everybody else is like, dude, he's gay. And yeah. it's unfortunate because it's done in such a way that it, the suggestion is it's a bad thing. Yes, very much and it's, so. And it's bad because he's not a normal man because he's not attracted to her in the way that every other man that's... has been. That's the implication, isn't it? And and, yeah. I th and again, I feel like actually that's something that's written in later because there's probably an original cut where he's just a douchebag. Hmm. And then once they've added all of this occult stuff and she's irresistible, they've got to have, but then how is he such a douchebag to her? Yeah. Oh, we'll make him gay because her powers won't work on a gay man. That's really, really distasteful unfortunate. and unfortunate. Uh, and it's a shame because there is a lot, like I say, there is a lot of good, I, I feel, being done. There is. And I well. think and it's, it's interesting you said that because that was one of the notes I made is that you get the bit where um, he goes out and she, you know, she says, no, stay in, don't, don't go out, don't, whatever she says. And he's like, no, I've got to go. He's, you know, he's a stag do or something and he, yeah. he's got to go out. And she then 
stays in. She spends the night on the chair and has the you know, the, the the weird sexy dreams and all this sort of stuff. And then wakes up in the morning and there's like a fucking trail of flowers and there's biscuits, homemade biscuits and all this sort of shit. And he immediately takes credit for it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that that's the character he was meant to be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now, but, also, though, yeah, it, like that's definitely the character he was meant to be. And then they just realised that wouldn't work. And so they had to make him a homosexual. Yeah, the internal logic then failed. Well, yeah, but but the internal logic fails anyway, because I've got yeah. going to skip forward slightly in the notes to, to get to that. Um, but yeah, like, I'm sorry if somebody if I come home and somebody's done that for my wife, first thing I'm going is like, right. Who's here? Where did they come from? <laughs> Who's been here while I haven't? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, where know, is he? I'm gonna fucking kill yeah, him. You, you don't just go like, oh yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I'll take the brownie points. Well, no. yeah, because there's there's two ways that goes. Either she's done it for him. Yeah. In which case he's going to be far more appreciative. But clearly, what's happened here, she believes he's done it for her. Yeah. So he can either take credit for it and get laid. Yeah. Or he can go, I didn't do that. What are you on about? He has no incentive to claim that he did it. No, none at all. Um, I've got a lot to say about this scene, actually. So um, maybe we'll we'll go through this scene when we get to it. I think I've just got one or two things. Oh, I jumped ahead. To go on to first. I think so. Well, not massively. Okay. But there's just one or two things I was going to say. Like, I've got, um, there is, we get a look. She gives a look over to the sofa after they have their initial fight, hmm. um, which is just, incredible it's hilarious it's as if yeah. the two of them are, are communicating non-verbally yeah um and then when he does go out she goes and has a shower um and the friend walks in and there's a fucking phenomenal jump scare like it's yes. excellent it's really well executed really well shot like yeah. absolutely phenomenal jump scare like yeah great about that. That, horror work, that was really good that was really good and but again the, the thing that jumped into my mind and i didn't make a note of it but it's 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 again you know me and the logic gaps i, I know why they've done it they've done it so they can see her in the shower when the camera's running yeah who showers with the door six inches open you're just gonna flood the fucking place well, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so I mean that that was the first, that that was the thing that went through my head, and then yeah, you had the the, the actual jump, which was really good. Because obviously you're expecting the sofa at this point. So this fucking clown. Yeah. So where the hell did that come from? Really? And then yeah. then it's the friend, and so that was really good. I really appreciated that. That worked really well. I forgot I'd forgotten really, about it. Really, really good jump skate. Um, and then uh, we see this. He's going, and we see the sofa in the window, looking out to the window, which again. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious yeah. seeing the sofa peeking out from behind well, the curtains. Well, I mean, at, at this point, it's always you no. Know, they've they've not made a point of making it a face. I mean, you can tell it's a face, but they've not made yeah. anything of it. But at this point, you know, the way it's framed in the in the window, it's the, the same as you would have if you know if you were shooting back up, looking at somebody looking out the window. You can see three quarters of the face sort of leaning off the side and just trying to be a little bit subtle about it's, it and a little bit out of shot. It's perfect. It's hilarious. It's brilliant and it adds so much character to that sofa just in the way that he's been framed i mean like you know yes this is a film called killer sofa and yes i'm gonna complain about a few things with it but if you want a fucking lesson on maison sen mm. like just just look at this you got the backlit window he's yeah. it, it is hitchcockian you're on a slight dutch yeah. he's peering out through the window he's all back it's all backlit. You can see the expression on the face. Like it's telling you everything you need to know about yeah. that sofa as a character. And and you you do get it throughout the film as well. And they, yeah. as as they start moving it around, you see it moving. You get a little bit more of it as well. The character, I think, you know, it, it, for for all the ragging on it I've done already, and for all I've got to say later on as well, that sofa is absolutely spot on. 
genius genius um, there are very few missteps with it yeah so then we get back inside and again i know probably this okay so they've got limited areas they can shoot in and perhaps the kitchen doesn't lend itself very well to shooting but who the actual fuck who in the world makes a cuppa by bringing the entire kettle full of water and the cup to the chair you're going to sit in and yeah. then pouring a cup of tea who yeah, does that yeah I mean, it's what a small what? space anyway. Even even if the, the the location doesn't lend itself to that, it's a small enough space that logically she would leave the kettle where it fucking is. And there is no reason for the kettle to be there. It's not Chekhov's kettle. She doesn't use it for anything else. So just well, yeah. have a walk over with a mug. Yeah, <laughs> like, have a walk into shot having you know having, having made the coffee and with a steaming mug. <laughs> I don't understand. No, um, I don't either. So that that was the first thing that really brought me out to the film because I was looking at it going, what the fuck? Why did she make it? Who does that? Yeah. Um, but then they get me right back in because then, yeah, we get the sofa wet dream. And yeah. she starts fingering the various orifices of the sofa yeah. as though she's playing with herself. And I was just creased. I would, This absolutely folded me in two. It's hilarious. And it's meant to be. They know what they're doing. You don't yeah. accidentally have her slip two fingers behind the fucking release lever yeah. and hook her fingers around. Like, it's fucking hilarious genius genius stuff yeah um so that was really good um and then there's a, we end this scene then and I, I don't think she sees it i think she walks out of frame but then we see like the we later find it's a dibuk but there's like a ghostly figure stood behind the sofa and it's ever so subtle we don't linger yeah. on it for too long but there is just a ghostly figure stood behind the sofa. And again, it's an absolutely brilliant scare. Like it adds yeah. a lot of dread. And it, and all of a sudden we start to understand what's going on. It's like, oh, there's a ghost in the sofa. Yeah. That's one version of the story. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's where we're going then. The sofa's possessed. The guy got killed and now he's possessed the sofa. That's where I think we're going. Fine. I'm on board with that. And, it, and the communication is excellent. It's creepy. Like it. Like it a lot. Um, and so I think it's here now that the boyfriend comes back before yes, we get yes, to the, the following... interview room, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's the following morning. Um, he's yeah. come back, taking credit for that. She's then gone out and he's at home cooking. That's right. That's right. Yeah, she's at the interview room, um, yeah. I think is the thing. Well, but before that, yeah, he comes back. We've already discussed this, this issue yeah. with the cookies and stuff like that. Yeah. But the major logic gap I have with this is the cookies, uh, the, the, the flour that, that the Dibbocks used to paralyze people is on yeah. the plate with the cookies. And the suggestion is that the sofa's made these cookies for her and she's going to eat the flour and she's going to get paralyzed. Yeah. Except he picks up the cookie and eats the flour and all it does is make his arm drop like he's had a fucking sudden case of palsy. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and he does do that. He drops his arm and he locks it. So he communicates that to us. Yeah. He doesn't seem particularly bothered or panicked by it. He just says he thinks he's probably drunker than he thinks he is. Yeah. But later on, it manages to completely paralyze people. Logic gap number one. Well, I mean, but I think later on, we see when we see it, there's a lot more of it. Okay, I'll go. I'll give you that one then. I'll go with it. It's the tea, it. isn't it? Yeah. So, yes, I mean, it's the tea. Yeah. So the, then... the the situation being that they're they're drinking it rather than crushing it up, but also you keep on no, she keeps on topping up the tea. Yeah. So there's okay. that to it. But the bigger but, yeah. log the bigger logic gap I have with it is if these have been made for her and she is a dibuk, and and this goes this gets all kind of confused towards the end anyway, and we'll touch on it more when we get to the end. But if she is basically the bloodline of the dibuk then and the dibuk is in her, then why would you want to paralyze her? 
Well, yeah, I didn't get that either. It, well, kind well, of it, make it sense. doesn't make any sense. But then later on, this seems to be a suggestion that actually she's not, and she just potentially could be a host, and the yeah. Divic needs to get in her, her. Um, but then that makes her no different to anyone else. So how does she have all the magic sexual attraction powers? So huge logic gap there, which again is totally not needed. So why bother? Yeah, and I think that there are a few instances where they do that. They just paint themselves into a corner. They really and do. I think the problem is then they, they just hope nobody's going to notice. It's it, it really feels like, and we've been guilty of this in the past as well. Not on our feature, we definitely weren't. Um, but we've been guilty in the past of just shooting everything because we can. Yeah. It gets to a point where everything that we've got on the page, we just go, ah, we will fucking shoot it anyway. we got the time. We yeah. can work it out. We'll just shoot it anyway. And we know we're going to cut it. I'm like, ah, fuck it. Everybody's here. We'll shoot it anyway. Shoot everything we can. Yeah. And it just feels like they've done that. Like it was there. So they went, ah, yeah, shoot it. And nobody went, but that doesn't work. Yeah. And, and you I mean, don't I, I, need it. And then again, you, where you've got the same people doing everything. Um, let's say the writer, director, producer was the same. I think he edited as well. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So, I mean, at that point, it becomes, and you, you know yourself, it's very difficult to self-edit when you know what it says on the page, you know what you shot, and you know what you want it to look like. And yeah. you, you need somebody there to say, hang on, you don't need that. It's why we always edited in pairs. Yeah. So you know, you've we, got somebody to say, well, okay, well, we've got it, but do we need it? Do we, we can still, still cut it together if you want, but yeah. do we actually need it in the, in the timeline? Do we need it in the final render? And the answer is usually... But it's, uh, it's it's the Peter Jackson problem, isn't it? There's nobody there saying, look, you don't need a 12-hour fucking film. It is. and But, you know, at an indie level, I'm more forgiving of that because, you yeah. know, if he did write, produce and direct, then this is his voice and his vision. Yeah, it's, it's his baby, isn't that? And that's fine, except it's not singular. So if it is going to be your voice, your vision, then you need to understand what you're saying. Yes. And I don't think he does. Um, yeah. And I, I think, as, as we said, I think it's, it's, it's muddled because he knows... In the script, he knows what he wants to say, but then whether it's somebody else has had a pass at it and gone, oh, you need to add something like this in, you need it, to flesh it out, yeah. or somebody's gone, look, this is only sixty minutes. If you if you try and do anything with this, it's not going to go in here because nobody ever say, well, I'm not I'm not going to pay for a sixty minute film when I can pay the same amount for a ninety minute film. Yeah, and I, I feel like there might be, and this is all guesswork on our mm. part, but I feel like there might be an element of that. It, it was felt that it needed to be longer to be a feature, because unfortunately, listeners, if you're not eighty odd minutes, nobody's yeah. going to look at you as a feature. That well, that's it. I mean, it's it's that sort of grey area, isn't it? Because up to forty minutes is a short, and forty minutes is long for a short. Yeah, yeah. But up to forty minutes is technically a short, and then anything else is a feature. But if I release a forty-two minute feature, I'm yeah. making TV. Yeah, yeah. I'm not making yeah. a film. Yeah. And, and there's this desire to be taken seriously. And yeah. so I think perhaps, yeah, he pushed the page count probably. I, I think before he even got to got to a second or third draft, he probably pushed the page count. Yeah. Um, but then he's he's got lost in that, I think, is the thing. Because and it, and it feels to me like all of this occult stuff, it feels like he's put a great deal of work into it. But he's actually just tied himself up in knots. Like he's yeah. lost his story because he spent so much focus on trying to explain the world away. Like, for instance, yeah. bringing the Dibbuck in, and then that's why men are attracted to her. But then he realizes in an earlier draft of his, skit, of his script, she has a boyfriend. So how can he be a douchebag? Oh, fuck. Okay, well, then I need to go back and make him gay. Yeah. Okay, now that fixes that. And then it feels like there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, it's sort of like, ah, it's better earlier on. It's the band aid, isn't it? Yeah, so I need to go back and rather than 
and look this is really painful and it's one of the things that we as a production team are known for some of our script meetings are fucking horrendous but it's because we are absolutely unforgiving with this kind of thing mm. and so i'm quite comfortable saying this from a place of being through this process and doing yeah. it myself like you just have to go back to square one if it's not working. You can't go back and put a band-aid over it no, because right. you will get lost like this. The script will spiral away from you. Yeah, you have and we've to go tried all the way back to the start. We've, we've done it both ways. You know, we've 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 gone back to right. We need to rewrite. We need to you know, we need to overhaul. There's bits in it you can keep, you know, that need keeping, or mm. there's bits that will make sense, but you need to you, know, that you need to re- seriously reconsider this, that, and the other. Or you say, right, well, we could do that, but we need to kind of fit something over to make that work. Yeah, and invariably the bits that you try and make do the bits that you try and catch up with they're never as good as as, as what they as what the rest of it is because you, you you're almost trying to replicate what you've done as opposed to it sort of coming organically yeah exactly plastering I mean, over I, the cracks never works writing no. is rewriting that's yeah. that's how it works unfortunately that's, that's it i mean i I've, I've recently edited a novel um for for a friend um and that was the thing i said with her is that yeah you, you can kind of fit around it but what you actually need to do because your structure is wrong, you're, um, I won't give anything away about the story and should kill me if I do, but um, it's the, sort of the, the the men on a mission part, the bit where they actually, you know, they, they find out what their quest is, didn't come in until three quarters of the way through. And it's like, you can't, you, you can't do that because at that point you've got too much to fit in and too much filler before it. Yeah. But to try and go back and retrofit that, I mean, again, it was 98 thousand words so you can't go back oh we'll just move that bit to there and it'll be fine it's easier it's easier with it with a film script than it is with a novel because obviously you check your your chapters are set up differently things but even then you still need to understand that right okay this if this goes there then it has a knock-on effect of everything that comes after it and it feels like with this they've just gone right okay we can shoehorn this bit in here there's an an easy bit for it to go here because it's a natural pause anyway so we can put in the youtube stuff or we can put in a bit, a bit about the Dibbuk, and it doesn't really break up the story because we've come to a natural pause. Mm. But what they've actually put in doesn't fit. No, and, and it's some of the stuff that's already there. It's, yeah, it just, yeah, it just completely steps on it. So it's it's unfortunate because I, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of good stuff in this film. There really but, is. There really is. But it, yeah, it's it's just undone. It's just undone by stuff like this, and it, and that's what it feels like. I think you hit the nail right on the head. It is the same as with that novel. It's what you need to do, and nobody likes hearing it. But it's what you need to do is start again. I'm afraid, and you can still take ninety nine percent of what you've done. Yeah. But you need to go all the way back to you the need start to make it work. Re- it, like if it was Lego and you've put a piece in the wrong place, I'm afraid you've got to take the whole thing apart again. Yeah, you've like got to go back to that point where you've made the mistake. Yeah, and then, and fix then it and start build up from, from there. Yeah, you have to. And if that's page one, sorry, yeah, that's page one. You know, and and that's definitely not happened here. Um, so yeah, we get we get that stuff with the cookies, and then she goes to be interviewed by Grape and. Uh, and right. gravy and and this is the set this is the one for me where it's clearly they were like fuck we need an interview room in a police station uh we haven't got one what should we do uh get some chipboard throw it up on the wall don't worry about painting it we'll put a notice board up yeah. and we'll put a wanted poster up fine and a missing person over there fine here we go that's a police interview room bang a table in the middle job done. i mean they play to them like <laughs> well, well that's it no they, they they very clearly know what they've got and yeah. i mean Again, like we 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 did this. We we had no budget, so you kind of just go right. Okay, we're in a space. What can we do with it? Yeah, and that's yeah, what and your production design really, has done it really well. Yeah, and and I, you know, it, it's clearly something they've knocked up on the fly. But look, 
it feels like an interview room. It yeah, feels it, very sparse, but it, it works. But again, you know? I mean, I've not had a great amount of experience with police interviews uh, rooms, but I do watch a lot of TV. Yeah. And generally, there's not a lot in them anyway. They do look yeah. sparse. They do look shitty and dingy because they want to intimidate the fuck out of you to get you to say what they want. So they don't need it to be all glass and marble and polished and all the rest of it. They want it to be a fucking dingy room whereby they'll put you in there because it's out of the way. It might as well be a fucking cupboard. Yeah. Exactly. But it does the job. Yeah. Um, so hats off to him for that. Um, then we cut back to the boyfriend in the flat. And I've yeah. just written, yes, sofa kill number one. And then very shortly after, I've written, or not, boo, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that it was quite weird because, the, the again, I said about the no, about the boyfriend, the fact that he doesn't realise, he's turning around to look at the sofa, and he doesn't realise he's moved a foot forward. Yeah, pretty fucking dumb. Pretty fucking stupid. He must be really fucking stoned or something. Yeah. But fine, whatever. Okay, I'll, I'll go along with that. Um, logic gap as well. All those cookies, why is he baking? The fuck's wrong with him? Yeah. Eat what's there. Good point. So we've got that. But then, so we, the sofa moves and moves and moves. And he realizes, and the sofa pushes him into the, to the oven door. Now, as somebody who has done this repeatedly, walking into the lower door of an oven really fucking hurts. It does, but it doesn't cut your fucking. But shins it doesn't off, cut does your it? shins off. It doesn't cut you off at the knees. So that was quite interesting. Um, <laughs> But but then again, I suppose anything of that sort of weight because no, recliners aren't light. Fine. It's yeah. Fine. Any, anything pushing you into a sharp edge, it's going to do some damage. I so I was, I was fine with that. That was great. The bit I was disappointed with, uh, same as you. I thought it was going to be a sofa kill. I thought we were going to come back and there were going to be bits of him in the oven. Yeah. That but was no, what I thought. We come back and he's just on the floor, so we don't get kill number one. Yeah. Um, but again, this then feels like we're back with a different version of the story now, where there's going to be a kind of murder mystery element. And we're going to have gravy piece all of this together because the sofa hasn't killed him. He has survived. So it's left a thread dangling that the detectives could start to unpick. But then before we start to get into that, we're straight back over to the rabbi telling us all about the Dibbuk and his dad and what happened there. And we get the flashback with him. And it's like, well, look, if if you want this as well, there is a way that this can work as well. Um, I'd I'd rather it was one or the other. But Either way, if you're going to have this, whether it's going to be as well as or if it's going to be instead of, you can't just randomly throw it in at points during the story because you need to do a scene transition. Because that's actually what happens. We need to get the boyfriend back to his house so that we can move on. So what they do is cut to to the rabbi with the dibuk. Now, this whole exposition dump that he gives here, he tells us what a dibuk is and about the sexual attraction powers and stuff like that. There are two places that you could potentially reveal this for it to work in the story, okay? It has to be mid-act two, where the detective finally pieces it together, and either by going to see the rabbi or through the YouTube videos, or he can stumble across it in an old occult book, whatever. But he needs to stumble across what a dibuk is and then go, that's That's what what I'm dealing with. Right? You either do it there, or you take the... The generally preferred low-budget horror route, I prefer the one we've just talked about. That's more organic. But the other one that's going to work is you just front-load this. Where you had all that occult stuff right at the front, you front-load this. This is what a dibuk is. Here is the history of a dibuk. You know, see any low-budget creature feature you like, they do that. That is what Jack Frost and Jack yeah. Frost 2 did it. Krampus does it. I don't know why I'm randomly coming up with Christmas films. You can look at any picture, <laughs> but they will do it. This is what we're dealing with. This is what it is. Here is the history. Yeah. And now, bang, away we yeah. go. You as an I... audience member know what it is. The people in the film don't. 
Yeah, because I've got to be honest, I kind of tuned out at this point. Oh, I totally tune out. I'm like, I do not fucking care about the... De- All I need to know is the sofa kills people. Yes. And if you want it to be a demon, fine, it's a demon. All right, but unless this is, this has real narrative significance, which it doesn't appear to, mm. I don't really care. I don't give a shit about this rabbi and his dad because that never comes to pass and doesn't Well, yeah, anything. that was my other thing. I'm, I, on, on my first post, I know, it's, it's the note up in the corner saying, this dude has some daddy issues, but why? Exactly. Why, yeah, so, why are we supposed to care? So again, like, why you not have a prologue where his dad is banishes the Dibucks in the first place and so now yeah. this is a generational thing that's passed down to him hmm. you know and now he has to deal with it but it feels yeah. like that's what they want but it's not but they haven't done the work there. yeah it's not there and if you want extra screen time there it is but perhaps they couldn't afford that I don't know but either way it doesn't work and it's a shame it's here because it detracts it actively yeah. detracts from everything else and like, realistically all you no, know all you need at this point is if you want to try, if you want to transfer, whatever the fuck his name was, from from her flat to his to his mother's flat, is they come back from the hospital. She get, he gets out of the car. He lives next door or two doors down or wherever it was. So it's not it's not a big stretch. He gets out of the car, but he won't go back inside. He wants to go back to his mum's. Yeah, it's I mean, a, no. it's a shorter scene for a start, yeah. but it tells it tells you why he's there. And it sets up the fact that he's, but they're both now vulnerable. The, the fact that he goes home is neither here nor there. He doesn't need a reason to go back to his home where he lives, right? He can just. He can well, go that back was the other there. confusing thing: is that does he live with her or does he live with his mum? Because knows. again, that's kind of confusing. So I mean, but if you know, if you wanted to go down that route, it's a shorter scene than the one we have with the rabbi, where he says, "Look, I ain't gone back in there. I'm going. I'm going to stay with my mum." Yeah, I mean, and it's, I it sets them up because at that point they're both vulnerable. They're both on their own, and you're wondering, right? Okay, he's been attacked now. He's out of the way. <laughs> Yeah. So now we now the chair is going to concentrate on her. So then there's a nice bait and switch there as well. Yeah. I mean, I but again, I don't even think we need to see him go. Oh, I'm not going back in there. The chair. Like, if you want to take him as a character down that route and hang around for a bit, he can be the crazy man banging on about the chair if you want. But I don't think we need that. I just think he's been attacked. The detectives have found him. We need to move him to a place now where he can be killed because the detectives have got the information that they need and they're off on their course. Just fucking do an establishing shot. It's mm. a low budget film. I don't care. Fucking hell. I'll just show the outside of his house and cut into his bedroom. Yeah. Put some fucking wah, wah, wah music over it or whatever, like a sitcom. That was my impression of a sitcom transition. <laughs> don't know where that came from. It's fine. Find this low budget film. We'll cut you some fucking slack on that. It works. It's accepted, and you know that's visual language that we all have. Don't fuck around with this dibber bullshit. But yeah. anyway, that's I mean, not I, what I, happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I I I tuned out at that point. I was yeah, I, I, me, me too. I think totally. I mean I I may have been on a really inter- interesting level on Candy Crush or something at that point. I was just like fuck it. Yeah, it was it's, it's bad. Any time the rabbi has to tell us about the dibber. This film is at its absolute worst. Well, that's it. Um, I mean, it's, it's at this point as well where we've met his girlfriend, but she hasn't really done anything. And it's at this point she's like, "Oh, it's like your father. You've got the gift." She and like, she serves no purpose whatsoever. Yeah. That lady. She she doesn't. And even even when uh, Max is talking about her later on, she's like, "Oh, my grandfather's new girlfriend." She hasn't even got a fucking name. No, she serves no purpose whatsoever. It's like as if she's just married to one of the crew or something, and then they're like, "Yeah, you can be in it." Yeah, why not? Yeah, fine. Um, grab, yeah, his, but, grab yourself a blouse and a cup of tea and you know, jump in. I mean, I mean, it doesn't help that, that you know there's no need for the rabbi to be there really. But if yeah. you did want him, just have his scenes with Maxie. Like he, she doesn't need to be there as well. Yeah. I don't, anyway, 
that's not that's not what happens. What we get, what we get. I don't like it. Um, but now we do get sofa kill number one, and it's fucking genius. I'm straight back it from the from the second we see the spring at the window. Yeah, I'm just like, oh my god, this is incredible. Like the spring peeking up like a little fucking periscope and coming into the window. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. The amazing. only thing that spoils it for me is when he hobbles over to the window. And the whole thing of him calling his mother and she's got her headphones on. She can't, that's all really good. That works really well. The, the, the pacing on it and the cuts is really good. The bit that spoiled it for me is he goes to the window and he sees the so he sees the chair running away. Yeah. Now, to me, they didn't need that. It's better if there's nothing there. Yeah, I would Because agree. then at that point, he goes back and you get the spring tapping on the window and then he turns around and the fucking spring is there and stabs him in the foot. All this sort of shit is fine. That was the only shot they didn't need for me. Well, the only effect they didn't need was that sofa being there and moving. It's far yeah. more atmospheric if you don't have it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, then we're back to Francesca for a bit. Um, and Oh, sorry. Before that. Is, is this before or after the mother finds him? No, this is before. Okay. We, we cut back again later on. So. Yeah, because there's a bit there I love. Yeah, yeah, me too. I've got a note on that. We cut back to Francesca, and this is where um, the other guy breaks in and is sniffing her knickers. Yeah, no, this this didn't really translate. This is Ralph, okay? Then we we get. Yeah, it so, didn't translate to me it didn't, until later I, on. I didn't, A, I didn't know where the fuck it was, and B, she then wakes up. So I didn't so, know if it was yeah. a dream. Well, that's why I thought as well. And because this has been so schizophrenic to this point between her dreaming, having the wet dream about the sofa earlier and then all the stuff with the detectives and the stuff with the Dibbuck, I was the same. And I don't know if that's intentional or not. If it is, I don't think it's very good storytelling. No. Um, you know, if it's Ralph, then fine. But we haven't really been We're introduced Ralph. to Ralph. Ralph. No, so... So this, if this had come later on, it would have made more sense. Okay, later on when we do meet Ralph, I'm like, ah, right, okay, he's the guy that was sniffing the knickers. Um, but as it is, yeah, the whole thing just feels totally weird because even if she is dreaming it and it is to do with the sofa, why would sofa be? Because it's not the sofa; it's a bloke. Yeah, it's, it's a bloke. Now, and again, it's, a, it's a weird bloke who's sniffing her underwear and then jumps out of a window. Yeah. Now, now again, all right. With... Now on this one, right? We we'll come to it later. He, if if this is real. He goes through the bathroom, jumps out the window. Mm-hmm. How did that not work later on? Uh, because maybe he landed on top of the bin instead of in the bin, which is apparently enough to to seriously incapacitate a person. Um, well, it wasn't so much the falling in the bin; it was a bit of fucking glass sticking out in, of a brain. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that that was when I was like, "Hang on a minute, I'm sure that happened earlier." Yeah, because they logic. make such a thing. I mean, we we had it with um, Francesca in the shower. They make such a thing about that window behind the bath. Yeah about it being open all the time there's such a thing on that so yeah i mean this whole sequence i i i've got it written down and it was like all right what who the fuck's that what's going on oh right it's another pointless dream yeah but again this is this feels like something out of a much better film which seems like an odd thing to say considering this is scene of a guy sniffing knickers but again it comes back to that thing of you know just her being taken advantage of and yes. you know the male gaze and everybody assuming they could do what they want you know and it's quite it is horrific you know and it, it puts you on edge but it, because it's juxtaposed with the fucking dibbuck shit yeah. then it's like well it doesn't make it look pick what you're doing here and, and yeah. stick with it um because actually you know the scene itself is quite disturbing yeah but it's it just doesn't make sense so i can't follow it the one thing i did find odd and again, which made it, made it feel a bit like a dream sequence to me as well. because And it almost felt like maybe the, the sofa was controlling this guy, which is not what happens either. But if you're going to break into someone's house, 
and sniff their knickers. Why would you leave them in the middle of the floor? Yeah. Surely you either take them with you or put them back, wouldn't well, you? Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's and no, spoken as a true creep, obviously, but there's two ways to do this. I say you either take them away. Yeah. Or you put them back so you don't get caught. So exactly. nobody knows you've been there. You exactly. don't leave them in the fucking floor. No. What a fucking idiot. And I know in this instance, I, I, I thought it was a pointless dream. But if it's real, in, if, in this instance, if he's been disturbed, hmm. surely he pockets them and runs. You'd think so. Because you don't want to leave any anything incriminating behind. You don't want to leave any DNA on anything. You don't want to leave any skin, hair, whatever else. So you pocket it and you fucking leg it. Think so, wouldn't you? It's weird. Well, no, maybe maybe that's the testament to the fact that we're not creepy knicker sniffing stalkers because we I don't mean, know how it's done. If I was, obviously I wouldn't be stupid enough to get caught because I wouldn't leave him in the middle of the floor. Um, <laughs> it's weird. It just struck me yeah. as weird. Um, yeah, like, so, I, I really misread, I misread that scene entirely because I, so I assumed I. it was a dream. Completely, completely, because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, I, I To the point where this scene is not needed at all. And oh, because really? of that, it actually feels quite gross. Whereas in context with the rest of the story, if it had been handled properly, I think yep. it actually would have elevated the film quite a lot. But it ends up just feeling gross and confusing me. Um, so there's that. Then we get a really good sequence then, just creeping around the, the flat, yeah. um, which is really well handled. You know, it's, it's, it's quite well thought out and everything. Um, yeah, really, really good. Like she gets a torchlight and she's looking around because the guy's broken in and she's yeah. just seeing what's going on. Really, really good. Really, really yeah. creepy. Like that a lot. But again, it, it doesn't it's feel what, like... It's what it follows. It just what, doesn't yeah, work. what is it now? What's going on? Um, so this is the point then where we cut back to his mother and yeah. she sucks his eyes up in the hoover which yeah that was amazing i loved, loved that loved again it. more logically of that, they would get squished because they'd go through the gubbins and get non-compacted and all the rest of it but as a visual i, th- I thought it was really good i thought it worked really well um and it no it, it, it sells where we are it's no it's in a bigger budget film the temptation would be that you would see this you would see him getting murdered you would see something come of it and then you'd get no, it would be an automated vacuum when you get see so it get sucked up straight away. They've done some work on this because they haven't got the budget to show him being murdered by the sofa. And it's stronger for it. It's, it is far stronger for him. I um I I worked on a short for um for a couple of friends when I was when I did my BA, and they did a film about a guy who's basically made a de- he made a, a a deal with the devil for some form of riches or power or else. But the consequence was that when he fucked it up, he basically he fell apart like his skin all melted off and all that. And so to, to make that effect, and we did this, no, we did the same. It was you no know, bits of like corned beef in a blender and you know, all this sort of shit, yeah, just yeah. to really you know, pulp it up and you know, make it bloody and all that. So we did that, and we did the same. We had an eye in there for no other reason than it looked fucking weird. Yeah, and I, it, it it again, it's it's better because you haven't seen what's come before it. You've just gone, okay, you assume he's dead, but then you assumed he was dead last time. Yeah, and it's then just you get this bit. fire as well, isn't it? An eyeball yeah. straight away. It's like, okay, he's fucked. Yeah, you know, even if so, he survived, he's fucked. Yeah. So yeah, love but it's it. not just the eyeball; it's the bits of skin and hair yeah. and all the rest of it. So. And it's very, very funny. Like I love gross out horror, so I was like, this, this had me rocking. Um, okay, so I've got two really important fucking questions now. Okay, because we've had our first death now. One of them I've already posed and we've already talked about. Like, how the fuck is Francesca not the prime suspect in this movie? Yeah, because it is. This is the point where she gets the text, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So how the fuck is she not the prime? So that's number one. Yeah. Number two is that like Max, Maxie goes over to comfort her and stuff. And she's like, oh, I don't I don't want to go back to my apartment. I don't want to go back there. 
So she's like, it's okay, you can you can come with me, we'll sort it out. How the fuck does Maxie not tell her grandfather about this? Well, yeah, this is it. This is kind of an important thing that's going on in her life or her friend's life. How do you live with the dude? Not tell the person you live with. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I don't know what's going on, this clearly can't be right. But we think this chair is possessed. Well, not even we think the chair is possessed. People are dying. Yeah. People are fucking dying left, right. People that she knows, people that we know, are dying. So, like later on, there's a discussion where they're trying to work out who who the Dibbuck is, right? And the girlfriend actually says. What's Maxie's friend's name? Isn't that Francesca? And he goes, no. And he has to follow her. Yeah, yeah. Right. So how do you get to that when actually your granddaughter has been out to comfort her best friend, whose boyfriend has just been killed in mysterious circumstances and who has a history of being stalked by people? Actually, her, you... her, se- her second boyfriend has been killed in mysterious circumstances. Yes. How do you as the grandfather not remember that if you've been told and piece all this together straight away? That makes you a very, very bad well you've got that but also detective. later on and we're jumping ahead a bit but we get a bit where the detectives are watching the youtube videos yeah. and oh the no so they're looking at crime scene photos aren't they from um federico and oh that that's a really popular model of chair yeah okay seriously you've got your pri- who should be your prime suspect because two of her boyfriends are dead a chair that looks suspiciously like the one in her living room appears in a death photo yeah duh yeah. Yep, 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 yep. It's it's mental. It's mental. But, you know, for the grandfather side of things, at least, the only plausible explanation I could come up with, and I had to because this was really fucking bothering me to the point where I was was completely out of the story because it's such a massive logic gap. The only plausible explanation I can come up with seems to be what they've gone with from the discussion later on as well, is that Maxie just hasn't told him. So what is the point in, in the two of them being... Why? Why? Why bother? There's yeah. a lot of why bother in this film. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's that. Um, oh, and then yeah, then we get to the point where um, what's his name? Ralph comes in and starts bugging the apartment. Yeah. So we get the bit where he's like, "Oh, if you accept my marriage proposal, hang on, who the fuck are you? We've not seen you yeah. before." Yeah. So we it's get all weird. of that. So we get that he bugs he bugs the apartment. And then there's a line within two or three scenes where it's revealed he's her cousin. I completely missed that. That's really bad. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I had to go back and watch it a second time because I, I, I heard it. I was like, no, they can't be talking about the same guy. I was like, seriously, he's her cousin and he's proposing marriage and he's literally bugged her apartment. So he's watching her. It it does give me one of my absolute favourite moments of the film of this scene with him bugging the apartment. So he goes in. Messes about with it and plants the camera. Fine. And then he plants a bug on the table. And as he has his back turned to the sofa and he plants the bug, the sofa turns and just gives him the most indignant look. of yeah. just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, who, who the, the fuck, fuck are you? Fuck is you? Yeah. <laughs> that is and that, this was the bit hilarious. I was talking about earlier when so they, they get some real character out of the sofa. Oh, so much Because character. you get the bit where the sofa's just in shot. So when he's planting the bug... And you know, the sofa doesn't move. But again, you get the, the look on the sofa's face. is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck are you and why are you here? This is my place. Just so, so you get that. It. And then as Ralph walks past the sofa, obviously they obviously they, you know, they stop. They've, they've cut it in such a way that by the time Ralph clears the chair, it's yeah. now face. It's now followed him. So it's, it's, it's moved through, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 degrees. So it's yeah. now watching him. 
and then as he walks back, it it does it again, and it's no, yeah. so the, no the, and the look on his face, it's clearly following, and it there's almost like this um, no, it's like the character has changed, it's kind of been recast into this sort of would be protector at this point. Yes, and I the thing it made me it made me think of actually was rubber, yeah, where yeah, they kind of, re- of they reframe the yeah. character. And yeah. all of a sudden, it's a lot—it's a lot less psychopathic and a lot more sympathetic. Yes. And maybe that says a bit more about me than it does about anybody else, because I'm now feeling slightly. No, um, I think it's slightly less less apathetic towards the killer chair. No, I, I think again, this is something that's played for and got because again, mm. it comes comes into that almost Stockholm syndrome narrative of it all. Then of like, yeah, yeah. this is a murderous sofa, but actually, oh, I really cares for her. You know, and it, again, it it draws you into that kind of that psychoanalysis yeah. almost of of like yeah. you know toxic masculinity essentially, and the attitude towards females. It's all there. Like, no, she's mine. I will yeah. protect her. I no, I, um, I no, I will protect her from anybody else who looks who looks like they could be a threat. Yeah, even exactly. this fucking douche monkey. Yeah. So yeah, that. I, so I, like I, I, yeah, I, re- yeah. I really enjoyed it, and so I, I've, I've made a note about it. And so the fact that you know they, they really do bring out the character of the chair. And they all, they almost succeed in recasting it. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Uh, it, it it does lead us to question things, and and I like that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I mean, the, it, then we get more sort of sofa just peering out at him and like peeking around door frames. And yeah, things. so yeah, when he's no, when he's Brilliant. he's in her bedroom and stuff. And then the weird, the weirdest thing for me in this film, and this this is saying something because it's a weird fucking film, is that he he makes this arrangement out of her clothes and belongings on the bed, and he oh. he, he makes a little fucking pussy in it. And he starts fucking it, right? So well, he pulls I've, the covers over his head. Right? Yeah, I, so I've he got pull, a note on that. Yeah, oh, we'll, 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 let, me, let me go through. We'll cut it. So yeah, he pulls yeah. the covers over his head, and then so you, obviously they're not showing anything. So you, you get the thing. He's he's clearly fucking them, but he's saying you're Francesca, you're Francesca. It's like he, he even he's not having the fantasy. It's just he wants to put his dick in something. Yeah, it's 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 weird, isn't it? Because again, there's this. It does really well at challenging you with things like this. Like I said, it did it with the sniffing the knickers. It did it with showing her earlier on dancing. Mm. It does really well, uh, particularly, and, and I think I'm, I'm probably saying this as as a middle aged white male as well. It does really well of drawing you in to realize your own power. I, yeah. If you see what I mean, and to realize that, uh, but there, but for the fact I'm not a complete just psychopath, could go I, you know, yeah. because like with with this scene with the hat, like. It had me in stitches, but there was a moment where, like, he's arranging the clothes on the bed and he's paying particular attention to this hat. Yeah. And, there's, and I'm sat there going, what the fuck is he doing? Oh. Yeah, and it's, you, a, it's you a really uncomfortable there, like, moment. Just a minute before him, like, you get there just before him and they, yeah. they frame it in such a way to encourage you to make that cognitive jump yourself. Yes. And then I've thought that. <laughs> they yeah. haven't shown me. I've thought that. Yeah, that's, that led me down that path. That's it. And I mean, again, coming back to what we were talking about earlier on about some, some of the commentary on it, the, the, this entire act where he, you no, know, he's telling, he's telling this pile of inanimate objects that he's put his dick in. You're Francesca. It's like the woman doesn't even have to be there. The woman is insignificant. No. I just want to stick my dick in something. Exactly. And again, there's a really powerful comment earlier. The same as we were talking about earlier on. Yeah. There's stuff like this that they really stick the landing on. They do. And And it's so frustrating. I cannot believe it's accidental either because it's so well done. I mean, this is this is clearly what they know what this film is about. This is what they're talking about. It's the male gaze. It's the attitude towards women. It's the yeah. it's the the normalization of violence and the sort of the self blaming. It's all this sort of stuff. And there's no way this is accidental. 
Yeah, this well, is all I, played for and got completely. It's just it's it's shat on by the other stuff that they've added in. It is. Well, it feels just, like they've added in. Yeah, and, and it's because it's a shame because I say things like that then where it's challenged me in, in a way. It really has challenged mm. me, okay, because it's made me think about something that I've thought myself. All right. So, it, you know, it, it has challenged my belief system and, it, and my knowledge of myself even because that is, of course, not something I would ever think about doing. But I was able to make the cognitive jump. Hmm. So, you but know, as you say, you're just like a fraction of a second before him. Yeah. So I was. That's what I'm saying. I was able to make that jump. So it's it's challenging me, which is great. I really, I think that's really really good when it, when any art can challenge, uh, can challenge the consumer like that. But then they also manage to just go. Ah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We're going to make it fucking funny. Yeah. All right. And again, that tension release, and that is the key to horror, and it lets you go. Yeah, that was nearly really fucking uncomfortable, but I can laugh about it now because you, yeah. you've pushed it over the top and made it ridiculous. Yeah, and that's and, and then done on purpose. By an iron. Yeah, and that yeah. has been done on purpose, and it's really skillfully done. Yes, but then we get all the other stupid shit. It's so annoying. Yeah, um, it, it is really frustrating, and like even like to a point where even this particular death, because everything else the the chair has done has been so over the top and so drastic and so graphic. Even though we yeah. haven't seen it, you know, it's clearly being you know, the putting the, the spring in his foot through the plaster cast and all. So we've had all of this stuff, and then we get a shot from underneath the bed where the you know, the, the bed springs are moving, and then we see this iron go up, and we hear a thunk, and then the iron comes up. The iron hasn't got any blood on it because obviously he's under a cover, so he's not going to see anything. Um, but then we just see this iron fall to the ground. Yeah, and it's so anticlimactic. Yeah, no it pun is. intended. Yeah, um, but it's just that. Oh, is that it? Now, is that is that how he dies? That that's how he meets his end. And at this point, he's probably the most reprehensible of all the characters we've met. Easily, yeah. So we, we really want to see him get his. Yeah, definitely. And actually, we just get a bit of a noise, and that's it. Yeah. So I mean, and that's and again, this may be intentional. There may be a commentary in there, but this entire dissatisfaction of the fact that oh, it's over so quickly and it means nothing because we don't. It's just like oh, all right, great. I, and yeah. I don't know, that may, again, that may be intentional, that may have been played for, but it's just so dissatisfying. Yeah, unsatisfying, I would agree. Unsatisfying. Um, unsatisfying. In that context, yeah. unsatisfying. Yeah, they yeah. Both work, I yeah. mean, I, yeah. so, I, I went I think, with it, it's fine, yeah. but yeah, you're right, there, there, could, be, there could be more made of it. Yeah. Um, but then, the, you know, the problem part I have of that may with be it, budgetary. Maybe, well. and the same as we talked about with um, the boyfriend being killed as well, yeah, yeah. the fact that maybe put. But the, the, the thing that annoyed me most with it is that we then come in, so we get this, we cut back to um, Francesca and Maxi. They're in a motel because obviously now it's clearly not safe to be where they are because somebody has now killed her boyfriend and her ex-boyfriend and clearly it's not her. Um, so they're in a motel and we get this bit where they're talking, you know, she needs to go back and get her some clothes and her laptop and all the rest of it. And, and Francesca's response is, make sure the chair's okay. Yeah, this, that, she's, she's that, suddenly gone out of her mind and it's come out of nowhere because yeah. she's babbling as well. Yeah, so um, that, got really, from that, that well. really threw me. So we get that. And then we so we get this thing where Maxi leaves again, jumps in the car, drives off. Oh, before, before that happens, though, like, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that as well because the nonsensical babbling came out of nowhere. Yeah. And because we had all the Dibbuck stuff way, way earlier now instead of now. While yeah, all of this now, is going it, on, now it makes sense. It make you know we like what the fuck why why is she babbling and we know why but it doesn't quite work um, because it's it's too far removed. But what really got me here was the discussion between the two of them, where you, you get this weird cut where she says no 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 it's too dangerous and then cut to her going anyway. 
Very well, nice. this is, and I mean, this is my next note because I've got the bit about her you know, saying, "No, check the recliner's okay," as you yeah. do, because clearly the recliner is a thing. She's had yeah. it for two fucking days. Yeah. So that that really great, and so the babbling and all the rest of it. But then she maxes out. Keep my laptop. I'll go and get. I'll go and get your stuff. Have you never seen a horror movie before, you stupid I bitch? I know. That's what I'm saying. And the whole thing of it's too dangerous. Go anyway. And it's like, look, this you're better. Even being called Killer Sofa, this film yeah. has already shown us that it's smarter than this. Yes. Way smarter than this. So that felt odd. Yeah, um, so that that didn't work. But then, so you get. I mean, the, the the bit where she goes, and I don't know if we jump ahead because my notes aren't that comprehensive, but. She goes to the apartment. She lets herself in and and steps get, on the noisiest clothes peg in the world. Well, yeah. So she she's hearing all the noises. She no, she she steps on his clothes peg. But the bit that cheapens Ralph's death is the fact that you now have the sofa acting like a person. The sofa is trying to dispose of a body. I like it. <laughs> it looked really funny. I it, was it worked really well. But from a from a horror point of view, it's not needed. It's, and I think I think that was no. the thing is that you're far better off. Oh, for me personally, you're far better off. You no. Know, she comes in, she steps on the peg, makes a noise, and then all of a sudden she no, she's alerted something, but you don't have to see what's going on, because then you get the whole bit with her going through the bathroom and all the rest of it, and mimicking what he did earlier on. But the thing of of because the way he's trying to handle the body and it goes on for so long, it's almost comic. It steps well, it on the com- moment. It's been played for laughs. Yeah, um, but it's but it steps on the moment. The whole point of this, you're trying yeah, to build tension, and yeah, in the middle I don't of know, it, I you, think they want the laugh here. <laughs> I, I I definitely think they want the laugh, but I think yeah. it's misplaced. I think it's mistimed. I yeah. don't I I don't think it works in that to that extent because you, you're trying to build this tension where you you know you do have this sort of slight swell in music and the rapid cuts and the, the really close shots of her face and stuff like that and cutting back and forth. They're trying to build tension, but then in the middle of it they put in a sequence which is probably five seconds too long of the chair trying to pick up a body and chuck it out the window. I fucking loved it. <laughs> I adored that sequence. Again, in absolute stitches, reminded me very much of Rubber, which mm. you've already spoke about. Yeah. What it also did uh, was set me on a thought path that I think it had kind of been just kicking around in the back of my brain anyway, mm. but I'd been wrong-footed by the Dibbuck stuff. As it turns out, I wasn't wrong-footed by the Dibbuck stuff. Um, but I I was thinking at this point, maybe I'm wrong-footed. Set me on this thought process of maybe there's a bit more going on with this sofa. Yeah, maybe it's not just a possessed sofa. Which they pay off at the end. And I think, would it, honest to God, if that had been it, if it had ended at that point and you'd add all this stuff in it as well, I'd be like, Five stars. Everybody watch yeah. this fucking film. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. Right? I agree with that. Yeah. But but you know, so so it sets me on that path as well. So as much as I'm laughing, it is also I think very effective in slightly seeding something that's going to come later, which I still am not sure that might have been their intention. And then once they started adding all this debug stuff on, they were like, oh shit, we can't. Like that might have been the original ending. Possibly. And and like, th- but it's quarter of an hour too short. What do we do? That that's possible, and I mean, I, I I'll agree with that. I think that that from that perspective, yes, it does work. And I I've made a note of a theory I had round about two or three minutes from now. Mm. Um, but yes, I mean that was um, yeah, that was um, that was an interesting point. And said so that where it goes, I yeah, I, I can see that. But the, the, because of the where it sat in the sequence, I thought it, I thought it didn't fit. Yeah, but, I, yeah, you didn't like it. I did. I yeah, agree to disagree. Don't, go, don't get me it. don't get me wrong. I did like the sequence. I just thought it didn't fit where it was. I know it's funny but, the name. Yeah. Loved it. Um, what what um, I we, didn't we like to skip the bit with where Grape throws herself a gravy. 
Yes. And he just completely just rebuffs turns it. it out. Yeah. Uh, and again, we, it's it's kind of not really said, but there's a bit where he's doing fucking push-ups or something. I think it's slightly before this. And he's it's got a picture of Francesca. I think and he's got a picture uh, of Francesca. He's got a picture of Francesca. So that, yeah, yeah. again, that kind of feeds into this whole thing of all men are obsessed with her. And that, that, that worked really well. I thought that was really good. It did, um, yeah. It makes yeah, him but, a more interesting character as well because now we don't know if we can fully trust him. Well, this is it. So that uh, was really yeah. good. I, I, I thought that was really good. But then there's some really awesome police work that follows that where, as I said earlier on, they comment on the, the fact the chair in the murder pictures is really similar to the one that she has. Yeah. And then they do nothing about it. Nothing, yeah. Oh, it's a yeah. really popular model of chair. Yeah. So it's a really um, popular model of knife is sticking out of your back. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Doesn't really need to do, but yeah, you're right. It's pretty fucking dumb. Um, yeah. so, no, the, so then we get Maxi going to the apartment. The, the bit um, that annoyed me the most, and it, my biggest fucking issue with the whole film, actually, like, you know, like I took issue with this to the level that you take issue with most fucking things in terms of internal logic. Like, she's creeping around the apartment, like, and, and, the, and the couch is getting rid of the body. Like, have you ever stood on a clothes peg? Yeah. They're not fucking noisy. They make a They're tiny not fucking little noisy, snap. But- but also, they generally tend to be close to either the washing machine or the washing line. Yeah. Not like, in the bedroom. No way is this louder. Like, there's been a fucking murder or an attempted murder. Why not have some broken glass or something on the floor? Well, yeah. That she so could I, thought, step I thought I had a peg in my drawer, but I haven't got one. Yeah. Um, it doesn't but yeah. make that much. What a ridiculous. Th- it's almost well, like they showed I, up on set and they were like, well, hang on a minute. How does he. How does he do that? What about one guy, his shirt's a little bit too big and we've been pegging it. So, uh, well, I'm not being funny. We, we, we know this firsthand. Pegs don't live on floors. They live on Rosa. Um, but it's it's one of those where you say, right, OK, well, it could be broken glass from a struggle or the he's left the iron on the floor. She could stub a toe on that, for fuck's sake. Exactly. You know, exactly. something you've already of- set up. You've already done the work for that. This peg comes out of nowhere. But then the other thing that gets me right. She steps on this peg and immediately she's like, oh, fuck, I've made a noise. Why doesn't she go out the front fucking door? Instead of taking the dive out the window, which, I mean, it's never, we never find out. It's never said to us that she's actually in a fucking Olympic gold medal diver. Because, yeah. like, to actually manage to land headfirst in a tiny wheelie bin after yeah. diving out the window is pretty fucking spectacular to yeah. land precisely on your head. Oh, you're, you're talking the sixes there immediately. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty fucking spectacular. Most people are going to hit the bin, go flying over it, probably do an ankle. And then if, if not break a neck. But the other thing that got me right with yeah. that, who leaves their bin open? Well, yeah, is that and all. Who leaves the fucking wheelie bin open in the first place? Is that and all in there. So, yeah, so, I mean, they've got that. But, yeah, why, she, she went into the bathroom, locked the door, and he's trying to, no, he's trying to, you, again, you get a really nice nod to Jurassic Park where the door handle starts moving and shit like that. Really yeah. nice, really well done. But why doesn't she go out the front door and lock it? Fuck no, because they want they needed a convenient way. Again, this is fixing problems in the story. They needed yeah. a convenient way to remove her because she's seen the chair now. Yes. And the grand like she hasn't told the grandfather, but we need the scene of the grandfather piecing everything together. Now, if the Dibbuck stuff wasn't there, that wouldn't matter. She could mm-hmm. have gone out the window and fucking died. Because yeah. let's face it, that bin is an insert shot. So Yeah. Probably no. The original idea could have been to fucking kill her or something. I don't know. But they needed her out of the way yeah. so that the grandfather can now lay out his plan without speaking to her. And we can have this whole thing about what's her friend's name? Isn't it Francesca? And then there's this no, it's, horrible, yeah, it's, yeah. horrible protruded sequence of them putting the, the sequence of events together. And then 
he gets his plan and he lays his plan out. And thank God he manages to illustrate his plan because there is no way that I could keep up with it. No, I like, know. It's so complex. It, it, no it's, it's complex, but what it boils down to is you make a box, you put the thing in the box, you set the box on fire. It's literally that. <laughs> but, but the way it's written draw is... Draw that down to explain it to us. Yeah, because so, the, the way it's written is... Like, say, what the fuck are you talking about? But she, she literally then does boil his plan down into get a box, put it in the box. Set the box on fire. Yeah, but yeah. he has to draw all of that out for it. Absolutely ridiculous. So we, we, we have skipped, skipped a little bit, actually, I think. Um, I might be wrong, but I think we have. Um, so we get the bit where um, we get, she, she falls in the bin. How can the chair now talk through pipes? Well, they don't explain that at all. This is another one of those debug things, isn't it? But, because it's not the chair talking to us because she's gone fucking crazy. Well, it's yeah. now psychically... Well, this is it because it's talking through the pipes. But can it? No, if it's talking through pipes, can anybody on the pipes in between here? Because they're not in the next uh, fucking room. But it, it's not actually talking no, through the pipe. Yeah. It's, it's communicating with her because it talks her through something else later on as well. I can't remember what it is, but I think it talks her through the crease at one point, doesn't it? I, th- I think it, it does. Yeah. It, it just she some, thinks it's coming from the pipe. Yeah. So, you, so you've got that. And then we saw it very early on. She took a single pill from a pill bottle. Yes. And now she's throwing them back like they're fucking smarties. So my, my thing at this point is, right, is she psychotic? Is this some fucking Alice in Wonderland shit or like Return to Oz? Yeah. Is that, are we not? Are we now going to find out, actually, this is all in her fucking head? Yeah, which, again, I'd have been all right. So, again, I'd have gone with that. I, I could yeah. have lived with that because yeah. the payoff would have been different, but I could have lived with that because, you know, they, they had seeded it. They, they had her taking a single pill earlier on. I think it was when the boyfriend came back um, from his night out or whatever. No. So we had that. And then, she, like I said, she had a traumatic couple of days, and now all of a sudden she's throwing on back like Smarty. So I, I would have gone with that. But, again, we the only thing we get, the only time this reference is the two detectives come in and uh, what are they? Oh, I've been taking them for years. It's fine. Well, what are they? What do they yeah. do? What are they for? Yeah. Again, so that, it's information you know, that, kind of, that we don't need, isn't it? It's if, it, it's that's it. You if know, it's there, we need to know what it's for. Yeah. If, it, if you don't need it, don't show it. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna throw all of these red herrings in, then at least have them conclude. Because what yeah. we what we've actually got is like this. There's the version of events that I discussed um, just a few minutes ago. There's this version of events where it could be pills. There's a version of events where it could be the debuck. Yeah, There's, and it's all fine. Like I'm, I'm ragging on the Dibbuck story. If it was the Dibbuck story and they committed to it, I don't have a yeah. problem with it. They just need to commit to it and perhaps do a, a bit of restructuring and jiggling around. But it's the fact that the Dibbuck story so obviously doesn't fit with some of the rest of the stuff that's here. Yeah, um, that's the problem. You know, but yeah, it's fucking weird. But we do get two of my favourite moments in the entire film. You know, for the next five ten minutes, this film is firing on all cylinders for me, and I'm I'm so in. Like I said, I, I would literally be, I would have been straight on the message to you as soon as I finished, being like, just don't wait, watch it now. This is incredible. Five stars, double thumbs up, like <laughs> definite. I, unfortunately, they screw the pooch at the end, but like yeah. we get this amazing run of scenes here. First and foremost, you know, the best detectives in the world because they've seen the chair in the video manage to track the guy down and yeah. get him in for questioning. And we have just the best dialogue exchange I've heard in ages where they say, were you at the house? And he says, yes. And they say, what were you doing there? And he looks at them dead straight faced and just says, he asked me to cut his legs off. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I spat beer. I just, yeah, that was that again. It's 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 one of those because it's it feels like it should be bad. And some of the dialogue in this film is awful. Um, and if this feels like it should fit that category, but actually it's it's he plays it so straight. He's like, 
genius. He has to cut his legs so off. Yeah, I mean, no, I, he, he signed a contract. All yeah. this, and it's just it's such a fucking stupid thing. So yeah, you know funny. what? I'll buy that. I mean, it's so seen dumb. I, it's clever, isn't it? It is literally. It. Like they, they're trying to get this information to us, and it's like they thought, "How are we going to do this? How can we possibly come up with a reason where it's okay for him to go there and cut his legs off?" And they're going, "Do you know what? Don't." He, he asked just me it, yeah, just and it, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. They did. The, I did. The bit I didn't like um, was where. Um, so we have the bit where she's popping the pills, and then I don't know if it's immediately after or a, or a couple of scenes later, but she runs to a cliff top. Uh, she's about yeah, she's about to top herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, well, hang on, where's that come from? Yeah, it did feel a bit Be- odd. Because I mean, even even if they are antidepressants or whatever else, even though yes, she's having a really torrid time. I get that, but nothing about her character at any point has suggested she's going to throw herself off a fucking cliff. No, I think again, what we've what we've got here is too much interfering shit. That hasn't allowed us to possibly go on a bit of a journey with her, which is actually yeah. this is all my fault. Yeah, as we said right it. back I at the if, start, you know, they they're all obsessed that, with me, and now they're dead. Now and people it's are somehow dying because it's of my me. fault. Yeah, you know, even yeah, though I'm, it's not I'm, her fault, yeah, and she can't I'm, help it. I'm the common link. I'm the thing. It must be because of me. Yeah, and again, and it's especially that, if you want to trace this back to her being on pills, so she's paranoid or she's yeah, depressed or anything else. It's not even that. It puts a suggestion there, which says, right, okay. This is my fault. The way to end this is if I end myself. I myself. Yeah, but it's, it's not even without the pills. It goes all the way back to that first sequence that we hmm. talked about where we've got the societal male gaze, you know, and, and, and the attitude, unfortunately, that is still pervasive towards rape in our culture as well, which is yes. that it is it's the woman's fault. She's yeah. a woman, she, so it's her fault. Yeah, so she shouldn't have been there. If she if she wasn't there, she wouldn't have been raped. If she wasn't wearing a short skirt, she yeah. wouldn't be, if she wasn't yeah. drunk, she wouldn't have been exactly. raped. And, and all this that. stuff, which actually it's fuck all to do with it. But yes, yeah, so, I mean... Yeah, it's if they wanted to go for that again. Same with most of the stuff they've done in this film. If they want to, if they want to double down on that and say, right, this is what we're doing, I'm on board. Mm. I can live with that. Even you know, the the scene at the clifftop is really clunky as well. It's you know, the, the the way it's shot. Just sort of, the, the cuts don't seem to work. They they bug me a little bit. But if that's what you want to go for, fine, go for it. Pin your colours to the mass. This is the story we're telling, and yeah. this is this is the point we're at. Yeah. Unfortunately, as you said, there are too many other things coming in that just detract us from it, and they haven't let us go to that point with her where actually she's at the fucking end of a rope. Yeah, because she seems okay. She's a bit upset and a bit freaked out. At no point does she seem so fucking distraught that yeah. you know, she's in peril herself. It's like, yeah. oh right, yeah, okay, shit, this is weird. No, that can't be right. That can't be happening. Check the chair for me. None of it makes sense because we we don't we don't have enough time with her. We have too many bits stuck in the middle. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, there is a much better version of this story, and it's actually all here if you just remove the bits in the middle. Like, well, we still have it. to make a bit of a jump to get here with it, but I feel like without all of the interfering stuff, yeah, that's more of a through line that you're going to see. But this is um, the thing. Any of the stories they've got in this film, because they've, they've tried to sort of shoehorn four storylines in. Mm. If they pick one yeah. and follow it through, any one of them, even the Dibbuck, yeah, if yeah. they follow it through from start to finish, it works. Agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. But you don't have enough of a film. No. That's and that's the problem, I think, is everyone it's still too short. There's not enough in it. We're not gonna get no, it's not we're not gonna get out of it what we want to get out of it. So you shoehorn stuff in and you go, right, okay, well we can put this story about the Dibbuck in. We can put this no, we can put this stuff about pills, or we can put this stuff about topping yourself, we can put this stuff about demons, whatever we want to do, we can put it in. But they just step on everything else they're trying to do. And because of that, you just think, well, 
it's kind of film light. They'd be better off if they want to do that, making a fucking mini series out of it and doing it for th- doing three hours. Yeah, and give, I mean, give each story strand enough time to sort of percolate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think they just flat out don't need all the story strands. They just need to pick yeah. one and go with it. And if it's going yeah. to be the Dibbuk one, that does work, but it needs more work going into it. Yeah, and they that's, need to understand the what Every, it is. Whichever one they, whichever one they they would choose, they'd have to do more work to to make it. I, I don't think they do. I think thick. I think there is one story here that you can remove all the interfering stuff from, and it is this one about the male gaze, and it is the one that ends with the reveal in the apartment shortly. That's actually a very effective, nasty little 60, 70 minute horror. And it would be a nasty little horror because it would end on a downer as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking human centipede level in some ways. Just a nasty, nasty little horror. Hmm. Um, and then they kind of get lost. Yeah. Uh, which I, which I, is a shame. I think and I think it comes back to what we were talking about earlier about them trying to fit in more bits and trying to flesh Definitely. it out. Because, yeah, there's a very natural end point and then another very natural end point. And then a third. Yeah, yeah. And then the actual end. Yeah. So, but, but you know, we're not there yet. And we're still no. in stuff, which I'm I'm really loving. So we've had that discussion. Yeah, she goes to the cliff. And then, you know, they, they put the plan together. Yeah. And she goes she goes to the apartment. She's going to go and fucking take out the dibber. She's going to get the dibber, put it in the box. She's going to burn the box. And this, this is up there with some of my favorite fucking showdowns in cinema. <laughs> where she just walks in and he's like, it's like as if he's a fucking naughty dog or something. Yeah. It's just goes on the dumps the box on the floor and she's like, get in the box. Yeah. And he's just looking at her and she's like, get in the box. And yeah. they have this bit of a showdown. He's being stubborn. He's not going to do it. And then it culminates in the funniest moment of the film for me. I've got a page of notes here where I've, I've been scribbling stuff and it gets halfway down and all you can see is where I've written in big block caps. Ha, 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 ha. He's blown the fucking matches out. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a couple of bits before that. So they, 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 they so before we get to this, they try and pin it all together. So you've got the stuff about um, Valerie. So now we know who Valerie is and, and, and yeah, Gerard and then we get the bit of the story about them, this backstory. This thing about obsessive devotion, that now pays off because they've kind of explained it. So yeah, that yeah. works fine. And at this point, I came up with my theory, which is, well, it's clearly Federico. He's in the chair. His blood got into it when he was killed. He's yeah. now the chair. That was yeah. my working theory. Yeah. Not that far away. No, you're not. That, that's so, kind of where I thought so it that was. So that's kind of what I thought it was. Yeah. So then you get this thing. Um, at this point, you think, right, okay, now we should be building for our showdown. But they pull back, and you get Grape going off, Grape, um, going off to Ralph's boss or whoever he is, and they find out about the spy cams. Mm-hmm. So... And again, completely out of, completely not in keeping with the tone and the pace of where we are. The guy who owns the company is really excited about these. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't he's it? The, he's just he's, watching them. But it's like it's not even as if oh fuck, he's 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 watching this girl. Yeah. Where is this? What's going on? He's kid. He's a fucking schoolboy. Yeah. You know, you, you almost think he's going to be fucking a close in a minute. You yeah, know, and it's I mean, like it was just really. It's just the response didn't feel right. Yeah, and it, is, it gets even weirder later on where he's watching the showdown between them and, like, doesn't yeah. phone anybody. Yeah. It's like, hang on, somebody's going to die here. At, the, yeah. at, the, very, at the, the very best outcome you have here is she's about to torch your fucking apartment. I was going to say, the very best thing that can happen is she burns the fucking place down. So, yeah. I mean, that I thought that was really weird. And then we go back, so he's watching her, uh, he's watching the showdown. She gets more fucking petrol on herself than she does anywhere else. She does. She does. It's clear this but, is somebody who's never poured a petrol out of a fucking can before. But but then weirdly, like 
for all it's funny, like it starts off and it's funny. And we've had the escalation of, the, as you say, you get the, the backstory with who she is and, and with Gerard and the Dybbuk and the, the sort of these star-crossed lovers. But actually, you know, they're evil spirits and they're sort of they're kind of like succubi, I guess. And that's yeah. why everybody's attracted to them. So so we understand what's going on and we start to escalate. And she's going in for the showdown. And we get the tension build up, and she's her performance is excellent here. Like she's really going for it. She yeah. she leaves it all this is on the, the first screen, time yeah. where I've got I've actually rooted for her. I, I've I've not minded yeah, her all the way so. through, but this is the first she's, time I she's yeah, going for it. You know she's what? Grown, fucking she's habit. grown into a heroine here. She's going in and she's like, get in a fucking box, and she's tipping a petrol everywhere, and we're on her side, and like everything's happening up, and the tension's happening up, and then we get the reveal, and it is fucking horrifying. Yeah. Like I made the comparison to Human Centipede, and that's where it lies yeah. for me. It is that horrifying when you when you see the fucking when they put a couple of bullets in it, and the fucking stands up, and the top of the fucking chair drops down, and yeah, he's the face so is and... into the chair, and that's yeah. why he's had his legs cut off. They said now, and, and again, absolute... like you've got the interview with the guy and the way they cross cut that, that works really well. It's a really good reveal. Fucking amazing filmmaking. It's spot on. And if you had just ended here, I don't even want to see how this resolves. Yep. I want to see. It's I want dude, to see the, the dude is the chair. Fucking, yeah, it's yeah. fucking task, basically, isn't it? It's yes. like you spend the whole film just waiting, and then you're like, "Oh my fucking god!" Yeah. Oh my god. He's and like, even wolf. if you th- if you think of the end you know? of Task and like the reveal you get there, it's only probably two or three minutes. That is too long. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at it here, the reveal of he's the chair and gravy shoots it in the head. Yeah, and it makes Done. perfect. It makes perfect sense. Every we get this, it, it puts a bow on everything, but leaves enough outstanding. If you still, even if you still want the Dibbuck shit, leaves enough there of like, well, you know, you can have a post credits where all of a sudden now fucking gravy's the Dibbuck or whatever, and it's well, jumped. Well, this is it. Right? And this is, well, this is what I'm saying. It, if you use this ending, this thing is perfectly poised for a sequel. Yeah. It'd because be a shit sequel, but it's yeah, perfectly poised for Because it. you can still, like, my preferred version of this is that he is just an unbalanced stalker, all yeah. right? And, and that, that is the most horrific version of this. He's completely imba- unbalanced to the yeah. point where he's cut his own legs off, sewn himself yeah. in the chair, and he's yeah. a nasty little pedophile. At, at this point, there's oh, nothing... Perfect, sorry. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's nothing supernatural. There's nothing otherworldly or ghostly or anything no. else. And uh, It's just a and fucking if you look, you look back at Psycho as a prime example... Yeah. The whole thing is that he's just a dude. Yeah, yeah. That, he's that's... just a dude, and he's pushing the pushing the envelope of what it means to be a person. He's pushing the boundaries of pleasure and of acceptable behavior and all this sort of stuff. But he is just a fucking dude, and all the voodoo, all the occult, all that sort of stuff is irrelevant. They're all red herrings. Yeah, that and makes this terrifying. It does, and the skill in in executing that, just like it is in Psycho as well, but even more so here in Psycho. The skill in that is that all the way through we have Mother to blame, and yes. we're on Norman's side. And then when the reveal happens, you realise that you've been complicit, and it's horrifying because you've rooted for Norman. And yes. it's the same thing here because all the way through, there's been it's actually like you say they, they get to a point where you're almost seeing the chair as a protector, right? And that's yeah. not healthy. But you can see that and they draw you in and put you a few steps in front of people like, you know, we had the discussion about, well, how we'd actually go about sniffing pants. And well, what was he going to do with the pillow? And they do great work to draw you into that. Yeah. And so but at the same time, as I said, all the way back at the start, what's really handy with horror is you're always able to play that and then remove it because you can literally demonize a thing. You yeah. could say, ah, but it's fine because the chair is evil because it's a demon, so it's fine. You you wouldn't do these things, no, of course yeah. you wouldn't. He's, he's an evil demon, 
but then he reveals himself to actually be a person and you instantly whip out the safety rug yeah and you're on your fucking back your whole world is upside down because you're just like oh fuck no Uh, yeah i read that wrong i I got the wrong guy not only did i read it wrong and get the wrong guy i thought all that stuff as well fuck what does that make me what's society like that's the genius of something like this that's the genius of really holding an uncomfortable mirror up to the audience and this nearly does it and if it had done it, I would absolutely be calling this one of the fucking best films I've seen all year. Mm. But they overshoot the fucking ending massively. Yeah. Massively. And that's my problem. They they fucked the end about three times. That was my problem. This, because... this is where this is where this ends. This this if you turn off yeah. if you if you do a Phoebe and so only Ella ends when no, yeah. no dog's still still happy and not rabid. I'm 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 okay with this. I'm on board. And as you said, this is a fucking perfect movie. I'm quite no, I'm quite yeah. happy with its end. It's it's not been no, it's not been perfectly executed, but it tells the story it needs to tell. And actually, it's made me think. It's made me really uncomfortable. And now I'm going fuck. And it's also like Tusk and like Human Centipede. It's also then becomes that film where you're like, have you seen the film where the guy's the chair? Yeah. But that's lost because yes. the guy isn't the chair. The debuck is the chair. Now. <laughs> Where it gets, re- where it lost me instantly, right? Because I'm on a high from that. Mm. And then I'm still thinking about how fucking brilliant this is and having all of these conflicting fucking thoughts. And then she runs into the bathroom and the yeah. debuck comes out of nowhere. Well, yeah, that was my because I, I had to, I, I wasn't entirely sure what it was that got her in the first place. Well, neither am I. I'm assuming it's because it's at this point, I think Veronica, Valerie, Valerie. Valerie. No, at I'm assuming point, that's I'm thinking Valerie. she, I was until that point. I'm thinking, right? Well, dude in the chair, or the chair was clearly Gerard, and she's Valerie. Yes. Now that's that's, that's the way it's been told. Us all that's, along. that's 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 what we've had all the way through. So all of a sudden, hang on, what the fuck was that? Was that a ghost? Exactly. exactly. Is that a demon? Is that is that the demon? That, Where did that come from? Because if this thing that gets her is actually Valerie, then who was she all the way through? Exactly. It doesn't make apart, any apart from sense. she's the granddaughter of the original one who cut her own throat and but then if she was the demon to begin with how how was it not passed down the line it doesn't work makes no sense whatsoever and again i said all the way back at the start i don't think they understand their own logic and their own world and this really feels like they've gone hang on it's not long enough what do we do okay let's make her a dibbuck yeah the dibbuck gets her and then they've worked backwards as we were talking about what they haven't done is fix these little inconsistencies then and because the other this thing makes I did point, no sense. Yeah, the other thing that did drive me up the wall as well is the um, the whole th- the, the whole soul sucking thing. That's some yeah. proper MS Paint fucking animation. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty that's, bad. That's but like me level animation. They're low budget, so let them go yeah. with it. You know, but yeah, you'd be better off I mean, having you, nothing. You, you, so you're better off just doing it with light. Yeah. So than, yeah. than trying to animate something. Yeah. But yeah, so that that bugged me. But yeah, the whole thing of who that was the what that was the grabbed her that bugged me. Then you get Maxie coming out with a fucking glass in her head. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, fine. Which, they just have to get rid of her. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad that's, she's alive. Yeah, so. I mean, they'd be, again, they'd be better off finding her in the bin dead. Yeah. Would have made so, more sense. So this so is how get... confused I got, though. We're like, that that happens, right? But we've had the discussion about the Dibba getting her, and I've gone, well, who the fuck is that then? I thought she was Valerie. Yes. So I'm starting to piece this together. So, yeah, I don't know if you went to the same place, but then I've then gone to the place of, okay, then, so that thing that got her is the original Dibbuck, and she's still Valerie, and now she has both Dibbucks in her. So I've gone, okay, fine. But if that's what it is, then all of this should be 
getting revealed to us after the yeah. fact, whilst the detectives and Max are putting all of this together and yes. realizing what's gone on. It needs to be a retroactive thing. And they need then they need to be like, oh, fuck, act three. We need to go and kill our fucking best friend. Yes. Right. That if you're going to do this, that's how that works. But it's not even that because the original Dibbuck is still in the fucking sofa. Well, yeah, this is it. I mean, you get this, you get the whole thing. So um, it's it's effectively like a coda. So it's a, it's after the fact. Her and Gravy are on a date, obviously, because yeah. you now again he's that fucking stupid. He hasn't realised that you now she would be prime suspect. Taking yeah. all the demon shit aside, she is the link between all the all the dead people. If she's not a suspect, then she's certainly a person of interest because she has no. There has to be something about her that people are killing over, so there needs to be some some sort of closure to that. Don't get that. We get this date, and then. Yeah, she's then we then get the bit with the tea where she's feeding no, she's mm-hmm. feeding him the poison tea and all that. So that works really well. Um then Grape turns up for some fucking reason, just so they can stab her in the back yep. and suck her soul. And then you get Maxi turning up, and there's a really nice shot of Francesca and Gravy leaving the building. There's a there's a really real sort of Bonnie and Clyde energy to it. They're yeah. leaving arm in arm, they're fucking happy, they're jovial, and you know they're off to kill some people. Yeah. So that works really well. It's a really nice shot. Obviously, they've they've re they've redesigned her at this point as well because now also she's all in black with a bright red lipstick. Yeah, so yeah, they've yeah. they've kind of they've reframed her as well. So that works really well. Then Maxi goes inside, and then you get the the, the reveal where um the where uh, grape is in grape soul is in the sofa, and you see her disappearing in the eye, which again it's a really nice way to finish. Works really well. It's just a shame the last five minutes have gone to shit. I, it, 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 as you say, it's it's not a bad ending either of them. Uh, yeah. You know them. You know them walking away or, or the the soul going in the sofa. The problem is there are so many plotted consistencies with it because it's like right, who is the original Dibbuck and who is she? That's important yeah. to know. Okay. Yes. So I feel like what we've got to, and none of this is explained, so I've had to put this together myself. Yeah. I feel like that. She is not actually a Dibbuck. She's just somebody that has a strong energy to be able to be a Dibbuck, all right? So in which case, we have to ignore all the sexual attraction stuff. But that is the only way I can make this work. So I, oh, I yeah. don't know, but I'll go with it because we there's a version of this where that's not supernatural at all anyway, and I'm fine with that. So I'm going to go with that and ignore it. And I have yeah. to ignore it and take that massive, massive leap that goes against everything they've told us in order to do that. But if we yeah. take that, then Valerie jumped into her in the bathroom. Yeah. And the original Dibbuck remains in the chair. Okay. Then she gets gravy around and Valerie gets the original Dibbuck to go into gravy. So it now has a human body. Yeah. Okay, fine. And then that's cemented because they take the soul of grape. Yeah. Right. Fine. But then after they've gone and we go back to the sofa and the souls are in the sofa, what's in the sofa that's eating the souls then? Because... And, and that's, not that's there the point anymore. where you get the mouth moving as well, isn't it? Where yeah. it's behind Maxi and you get the, the, yeah. the creases moving. So yeah, that was the thing. And this is what I meant. This is what I meant. There are four endings to this film, and any one of them works, mm. but they need to work in isolation of the others. They don't work if you have the others as well. Mm. And I think it's it really confused the hell of me because I would have gone with any one of those stories and any one of those endings. Yeah, me too. And I'd have been happy with any of those. And but because you have them all, it's just like they didn't know what they wanted to do. So I would chuck it all in. We'll fix it in post. We'll we'll decide when we're when we're cutting it, which one we're going to go with, and then they went, yeah, chuck it all in, it'll be fine. Yeah, it just doesn't hang together at all. It's a fucking gigantic mess. It is, and um, it's a shame because I so said the first sixty sixty five minutes, I was really enjoying it. There were bits that stuck in my throat, but 
I was thinking this is really well done. I'm no, it's an it's an indie. It's no, it's yeah, yeah. Technically, there are some issues with it, but it's doing all right. And then they they got to the end. And I was like, oh fuck, that's nice. It is absolutely brilliant fun, and I think really really well executed for the most part for the first two and three quarter acts. Mm. And then they just completely screw the pooch, like yeah. to the point where it ruined the film for me, like completely, just yeah. completely, completely screwed the pooch. Yeah. I think if I were to ever to rewatch this again, I would Phoebe it. I would literally get to reveal in the chair and go, and we're done. Yeah. That's the end of the film. And I'll That's just ignore it. all the Dibbuck stuff because it's not important anyway. And I wish they'd done that. For me, it's the Olympic gymnast who almost sticks to the landing but breaks an ankle. Yeah. But still manages to no, stay on their feet. And you can just see the fucking tears. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. Right. No, it's it's almost there. Yeah, you're right. They, if you look at it too closely, it just kind of falls apart. But on the surface, it looks like it looks like it should work, and then you just start peeling away, and it's just they've just fucked it. Yeah, it's like they they didn't fully understand their own story. Uh, it's almost it's almost Game of Thronesian, isn't it? It's like they didn't yeah. fully understand the story. And so they've got too like, many threads and they just yeah. like, we'll pull on this one, we'll pull on that one. And then they wanted to be like, ta-da, she was the bad guy all along. And so, yeah. you know, but that, that doesn't work because you haven't done that work and you've taken us somewhere else with this. Well, that's it. And there are two bits that we talked about it earlier on. The bit where the bit that kind of threw me a bit in terms of the red herrings was um, gravy when he's doing the push-ups and he's got the picture of Francesca. Yeah. Because there's two ways of looking at that. If you want, if you wanted to look at that, that yeah, okay, he's a bit shady, he's a bit suspect because he's he's in love with her as well. He's obsessed with her as well. He's now got a picture and he's doing fucking push-ups to it. So yes, okay, he could be our bad guy. But another reading of that is that has she fucking bewitched him now? That's the thing. Yeah, and and, and I, it could I go like either way. And I, I I like the yeah. ambiguity of that. I thought that. So do I. I thought there's yeah. a lot of potential with that. Yeah, and, 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 and I, yeah, they and kind I would, of pissed it away. They do, and and I would have. <laughs> like that to be left ambiguous as well as to say i would have liked the ending to have just ended with a reveal because i like the questions it was making me ask i yes. love it when i'm challenged and it's only when you're challenged like that that you can ever truly be moved by something mm-hmm. because you have to be challenged you have to have your belief system challenged in order yeah. to be moved it's as simple as that and i was not expecting to come into a film called killer sofa and be asking questions about society at large and where I fit into it and what can I do to help mm. and stop this sort of thing happening. Yeah. But it raised all of these questions because I could see all of these things happening and going, well, why are, why are they doing that? This is wrong. You know, yeah. and then I was asking questions about, well, does it happen all the time? And are there things I should be looking out for that, that shows this is going to happen? Because it, it, makes, it takes you to those places. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, they just flush it all down the pan. And it's yeah. such a shame. Such a, This was almost, and I don't say this lightly, because we've watched a lot of films on this podcast that I actually really like. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but this was almost one of the best films we've ever watched on this podcast. Well, that's it. I mean, and the, comparison, the comparison to Rubber came earlier on. And we had some mixed feelings on that when we watched it. Um, yeah. But this this has a similar feel. though. It's... It's that really stupid, on the surface, it's stupid, it's pointless, it's brainless, and actually it's just some idiot wanted to make a film and couldn't think of a monster, so they made something normal scary. Mm. That in itself is terrifying. Yeah. Because that makes you think, hang on, even on the surface level, I have a couple of beers, hang on, is my chair going to eat me? Yeah. Beyond that, what is this film saying? And all of a sudden you do start having having those thoughts and those conversations with yourself, as we did with Rubber. So that... I, I could see that, and I really, as I really did appreciate that about this film. There was so much in it where I thought, "Hang on, you know what? 
they're saying something here. Yeah. And actually, I do need to sit up on this. And as you said earlier on, there, but no, there, but by the grace of God, that you know, we could have been any one of those yeah. douche canoe characters. Yeah. Um, people may think we are. Who knows? Um, we're but, really you know, not. We're we, really we're, not. We say some pretty fucking <laughs> horrible things, but yeah, none yeah. of us are that bad. Yeah, t- tongues are in cheeks. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it it does it does raise those sort of questions, and that's fine. And I agree. I think that up until the second ending, mm. this film was more or less there. Yes, there were problems with it. No, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't as slick and as polished as something that rubber. Certainly wasn't as you know, as expensive and as as highly produced as something like Phantom Menace, which we we watched and loathed. Yeah. But there's something to this film, and it just it just kind of falls away at the end because there's too much end. Yeah. It, this this too much all the way through is the problem it needs focus and clarity yeah, it, it 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 need yes it, it needs an editor to go no fucking strike it we don't need it and that's that's really really unusual for such an independent project to be yeah. fair as well yeah because i mean indies do tend to be a lot tighter because yeah a, a you're looking at if it's on film you haven't necessarily got the stock if it's digital you don't want to be having masses of yeah. tapes you haven't got masses of time to go through it generally even when, when it's an indie you've got a job to go back to so you haven't got a lot of time to work on it so yeah. you want it to be as tight and as, as 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 short as you can so that it sells you, it sells your product, but also it's not going to take three years of your life to actually put it together. So, yeah. I mean, it, it is it is quite rare. So, I mean, the fact that there's so much fat in this, there's so much that can come out is quite unusual. Um, but, yeah, I, I, really, I really did think for the most part of watching this film that I was going to be coming to saying, you know what, this film was actually really fucking good. Yeah, so did I. Um, so, did I. so I mean through the end I mean one thing I did um, just to finish up on us and my, the last couple of notes I've got um, the last three notes I'll read them out so for all that I enjoyed most of it but they fucked the end as we discussed uh, the cast is the crew so I salute them for that because we've been there done it and I'm not slept yeah. through it yeah. um, and my favourite part of the credits normally you get a lots of um, lots of thanks and it says catering by sushi and pizza for all nice fucking a good advert absolutely well done yeah. So well, well done, sushi and pizza for all. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I yeah, I I suppose I'll, I'll go with you for it. Is it better than Mario? Yes, it is better. It is better than Mario. Um, it is not a good film. Ultimately, they really, really, really screwed the pooch at the end. Like yeah. looking at it as a whole, you know, if I'm rating out and say five, I'm giving this like two. Uh, it nearly had a five-hour five. It really did. <laughs> yeah. But they screwed the end so badly. And, you know, that there were moments throughout as well that annoyed me. Um, and the Dibbuck thing annoyed me consistently throughout because it didn't feel like it fit uh, with yeah. the rest of the, the story and the tone. But I could kind of just let it go if it had at least made sense at the end. And then I can yeah. just read what I want to read out of it because it's in there. But instead... They completely just again, you know, I've used the analogy on the on the show before, but it's literally like someone got the script and dropped the pages when we get yeah. to the end, and they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck, I don't know what order does it go back together." Oh, it doesn't matter. If I can it's, stick it all back in. Just film it all. It'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, you that know? was kind of my thinking as well. I, I I agree. I think it's 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 better than Mario. It's more entertaining than Mario, and it's it's like an ass hair away from being brilliant. I yeah, that's um, exactly it. That's and exactly I think it. that for me, yeah, similar similar scenarios. Like they had four scripts, and they dropped the, they they had the the final scenes of all of them. Yeah, Did, couldn't remember which one it was. I went, you know what? We'll put them all in, and we'll work it out later. Yeah. And they forgot that part where they had to work it out later. Um, but yeah, no, I I agree. It's, I I'd, I'd certainly say it's it's better than Mario. It's more entertaining than Mario. 
and it's a damn sight shorter as well, which helps. I mean, that you know, we, you, there's something to be said for that. You know, my views on that. I I love a 90 minute film. Like yeah. if you could, if you can come in between 80 and 90 minutes, you you know you're in my good books already because I don't see why anything needs to take longer than two hours. And 90 minutes for me shows some consistent storytelling, uh, nice and concise. But yeah, ultimately it's you know I loved Rubber as we said, and, and I think Rubber is everything that this almost was. Yeah, you know this could have been standing shoulder to shoulder with it. It it, it went for the same sort of tone. It had just as much to say. It was, I'd argue, almost as well executed. You know, we do need to bear in mind that whilst we consider Rubber to be an indie, like Mr. Wazo, he's not. It, poor. it, it was, it was an indie with a budget, whereas yeah. you know, this, this was, this is what was down the back of the sofa. Yeah, um, and, and and you've got to respect them like, for that. As yeah, well. it looked like it in places. It sounded like it in places. But but the thing to remember is, as we said, making films is fucking hard. They've gone out, they've put this together. There's a, there's a cast and crew total of about 12. And they've gone, look, everything we've got, every penny we've got to put into this project is on the screen. You will see all of it. Yeah. And that's exactly what we've got. And they've done, they've done balls are to the wall, hearts are on their sleeve, and they've, produ- they've, produced a, uh, they've produced a good film and then some shitty endings. Um, and that, that's the thing that does it for me is the fact that this is, we talk about indies and some, some indies, you know, people have put tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars into this is literally like they've gone you know what we've got a camera on a weekend yeah and i and i respect the hell out of them yeah i would i would i would would rather watch that a hundred times out of a hundred yeah and and, you know as as much as i've said you know they've screwed the end and you know at the end of the day we're this show is about being critical so we're going to be critical but by no means do I, I mean to just drag them over the coals and say you fucked that up like we did with the likes of phantom menace because you know that was a completely different kettle of fish. These guys poured blood, sweat, and tears into this, I've no doubt. And actually, yeah. at the end of the day, they got it made, and they almost, almost made something fucking phenomenal. Well, that, so they I mean, deserve a huge pat they, on the back. They got that. it made, and they got it distributed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. So fair play to them. Yeah, hats off to them, absolutely. And I think that's probably the... the, the that's probably the most impressive thing about the whole thing is that they got it, they got it written, they got it planned, they got it produced, and they got, you know, they got it out there. Yeah. And you know, we know how hard that is. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. hats off to them. That said, um, if you have seen it, listeners, or uh, if you, you go out and watch it on the back of this, um, it is worth the three fifty on Amazon. Um, I will say that. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I wouldn't begrudge them that. Um, yeah. So 100%. I mean, it's absolutely worth it. Um, let us know what you think if you see if you've if you'd seen it before and it was something that's in the back of your mind as a festering turd that you'd never want to revisit again let us know why let us know what you think of it um we know this is this this type of film is why we do this show we get to yeah. we get to find these nuggets and these these absolute gems of horseshit um but you know they, they entertain us and they do they do it in the right way so yeah let us know what you think um on Twitter at ddpodcast.net. You can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, where you can also find our previous episodes, including Rubber, which we've mentioned about 50 times. Um, uh, or you can, uh, yeah, um, wherever you get your podcast from, be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, like, share, subscribe, uh, leave a message back as best we can. Uh, go to iTunes, join Uganda, and you know, get a rating up elsewhere as well. Um, and if you're, if, great. if you're some of our listeners in Uganda, please get in touch. Yeah, like, reach out. I, I don't, I, I genuinely don't think I've ever spoken to somebody from Uganda. So yeah. please get in touch. Have I? Yeah. So Do Eddie, I, who's probably borrowed for double. Oh, right. Was he from Uganda? Yeah, okay. So I, I have. Yeah. All right. Forget it then. I'm not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, get, get in touch. Let us know. Let us uh, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, but until next time. See you later.